The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. This is the main event. This is your main event. Mark Podcast. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and I'm the world podcast champion of the world. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the Nikita to my Ivan Koloff. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> it's Greg. What's up, Greg? That was a new one. <laughs> <laughs> the Russians, baby. I like well, how. One of, in, one of them's in quotations. Yeah, right. Uh, the guy from Minnesota that's a Russian. Yeah, <laughs> I think Minnesota. It wasn't even Vince McMahon. He wasn't even there. Yeah, right. Damn it, God. Oh, you look like a Russian. Why was that a thing, by the way, where it's like back in the day, oh, you're bald. You'd be a good Russian. Or, <laughs> oh, you're Russian. We got to shave your well, head. Well, like, as that, though, quite a few people, like, were their their uh, ethnicity was just changed because. Yeah. Well, so it's like, I, 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 yeah. I'm in, like, a couple different uh, stints. Yeah, like, Notably with the uh, Orient Express, he's a white guy wearing a mask, so they say he's, you know, he's Japanese. <laughs> bro, he's Japanese, bro, with a slap a mask on him. Uh, white, bro, you just don't know it. Yeah, right. I, I just, like, I don't know why that was a thing, because, uh, I, was it uh, Baron Von Rasky, or Ra- Rasky, whatever, however you say his name. He said, uh, I, I think it was him, that somebody looked at him and was like, uh, saw saw him bald and was like, "Oh, you'd make a good Russian." That's like, why? Like, oh, you're bald, therefore Russian. Every bald white guy is Russian. Yeah, I just I don't like Goldberg, Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, look at well, especially Goldberg. I'm sure he had a soft spot in his heart for you know the USSR. <laughs> wow. Holy well, shit! <laughs> well, even uh, when when he got Crusher Khrushchev, he was. Bald as a cue ball too. I'm like, what the? Why? You're Russian, so you got to shave it, bro. I think that was Smash, right? Yeah, yeah. For yeah, for people out there that don't know, Smash of Demolition, uh, aka the Repo Man. Also, uh, hole in one, Barry Darso. Hell yeah, the that. Well, that's what everybody remembers him fondly for. That's the one, dude. Dude, when I met him at WrestleCon, I should have been like, hey, can you guys sign these autographs? The Masked Superstar and Hole in One, Barry Darso. I would have recorded them giving you the decapitator. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> their their old asses just like shoot up out of the seats. I'm like, oh, but it's like, uh, but well, I was gonna say, uh, Axe probably wouldn't have been offended by the, I, the masked I superstar. Axe to sign one of his own pictures as Jake Bullet. That's been something always wanted. Oh hell yeah! Done. <laughs> now that would be the one. I, the I would one. literally put that right next to my Knowles bar display. It would go awesome with it. Well, hell yeah! You need a well. You need a gloss print of Jake Bullet from the movie, and then take it into him to have him sign it. I guarantee he would. Oh, now you're like, talking. Yeah, I guarantee he would, dude. Wrestlers get the weirdest crap, and it just it just reminds me of the uh, the thing from as opposed Step- to the good crap, right? Good crap, pal. Well, it. It, it reminds <laughs> me of uh, on Step Brothers where he's like where he pulls out the samurai sword and he's like, see the signature there. Like Amer- uh, American Idol's Randy Jackson. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I saw him in a parking lot and all I had was a samurai sword. And I mean, you're not going to not get Randy Jackson's autograph. <laughs> like, hell sword. yeah, man. Uh, it's a no for me, dog. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I've seen some, I've seen some, uh, some things where it's like these marks will come up. Oh, can you sign oh, this? I bet you've seen some things. 
Yeah, right. Whoa, whoa, flashback. Sorry. Good lord. Yeah, uh, I, I I've seen some things. I've heard some things. Where these wrestlers will be like, oh yeah, so and so wanted me to sign this, and it's like, what the hell, man? Like, why? But whatever. It, it, like I said, it's one of them. Well, you're not gonna not get their autograph. It's like it's on something random. Well, I can probably flip this on eBay. <sighs> but anyway, you know one of the new things is I've been seeing, and What's these that? people think it, it's like something. They'll pull out their cell phone and if they have like a Apple Pen or something like that. They'll have the sudden mm-hmm. sign it like it's, so it's on your phone. <laughs> is that is that really the same? Uh, no. Like, uh, I feel like that can like easily I mean, be there are stolen those that too. Argue that an autograph really means nothing. So that's yeah. Go. I don't know, man. That's freaking weird. But uh, yeah, for any of you that heard the turkey noise, third year in a row we're doing this, baby. Uh, it is November, and that gobble, means gobble. That means Starcade time and Survivor Series time. So two big times of the year for two totally different companies. Obviously, by the time Survivor Series came along, Jim Crockett Promotions was not doing well. They were... Uh, at, that, that's you, why they moved Starcade December, right? Yes, because, uh, well, at the time they were doing... Uh, uh, not good. Believe me, not good. So, <laughs> yeah. You had Ron Garvin as the champion. What do you mean not good? Yeah, now in the archives, by the way. <laughs> that show... Sucked a sucked a high hard one, man. Uh, but Survivor Series came along, and it was the premiere show of November. And Starcade moved to December the very next year. On orders from Ted Turner, by the way, he was like, "Move that damn show." So uh, you're not gonna argue with the uh, Vince, boss. Uh, Vince WrestleMania is kicking our ass. <laughs> yeah, right. WrestleMania, that'd be great. It's certainly WrestleMania. I don't care. It's close enough. Yeah, right. Well, we have a metric ass ton of news. Some of this news is going to come. It, it's all around the same time. So uh, it, some of it may be a little after Starcade, but most of it is pre-Starcade that we'll get into. Uh, just just a metric ass ton. And Uncle Dave threw in. You like saying that. I do. You didn't uh, have to read that, so let's tell you. Hey, metric ass ton is just like it, it holds so much weight. I mean, I guess it depends on what ass you're talking about but there. yeah right <laughs> but uh yeah we'll get into all of it uh, uncle dave threw in a lot of his little opinions that we'll uh crap on but yeah, of course he did yep but either way uh real quick well, I actually, wanna, maybe you all look better when she had less weight on it good god i like how that's the one you went to <laughs> uh but we're gonna pause real quick to thank the sponsor of the podcast today's episode is sponsored by mauler bros golf We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy materials that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those that want a subtle and sleek-looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off. Listen to me. Listen, as a guy who has worn a lot of polos throughout his life, you need Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Their polos are a comfortable, slim fit that will make you look and feel good when you're golfing with the guys. 
there have been way too many times I wore some generic polo shirt out on the golf course and I just, I felt crappy the whole day. My game was off. I just was self-conscious. Not with Mahler Bros. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. And now that we're done with that, we're going to get into our first break. On the other end of this, it's news and notes time. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.com redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. <laughs> and we're back! We're back! If you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic free, you probably want the same out of your products. Are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee? Coffee Brand Coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-Cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well. At Coffee Brand Coffee, their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles. Click on the link in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. News and notes time. Well, real quick, do you got something cracking today? I might have a little something to crack. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. What you got today? Another uh, ZOA? Yep. Well... Yeah, 
You know what the rock says? There's no sugar said. in these, so I can drink them all the time. Nice. But I don't drink them all the time. Well, you know what the rock says? It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> Maybe the only one we do that I don't like. That's a uh, hey. That that's when the rock is feeling extra white that day. All right. <laughs> Either way. Uh, yeah, I guess it's time we hit our first official news segment of the month of November 2023, baby. That is correct. Shut the fuck up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. <laughs> and that's going to come into play a lot uh, with the news here today. But either way, so... Starting off with WWF here, because they have the bulk of the news, and then we're going to go into Japan and territories. Yeah, right. So Tuesday Night Titans has now been moved to uh, Friday, and it's been replaced by a show called Primetime Wrestling, which, you know, that'll never get over. I like how... Never drew a dime. Tuesday Night Titans, now on Friday. (laughs) Remember, she used to have Friday Night Lights on Tuesdays? (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, But... Yeah, so uh, there's more Titan on the airwaves now. Titan being WWF. That's what Uncle Dave always used to call them. I, they were Titan. Was it Titan Sports? Was well, that I it? called Dave a douche, but I guess we can call whatever we want everything, right? Well, I mean, you're not wrong. But Uncle Dave says that pretty soon we'll hit the oversaturation point and the product will cut back again. However, if everyone gets uh, burnt out on wrestling, local promotions will suffer far more than the WWF. Oh, no, a whole two shows? Whatever will we do? That's way too much wrestling. And he probably praises his precious all petite having three shows now. Yeah, I just I like we've <laughs> seen this so many times from him throughout the years. Like like when he was like, oh, my God, they're going to have 12 pay-per-views a year now. Like, that's just way too much. People are going to reject this and just throw it up like, yeah, about that, Dave. Well, you know, when I think about him, I throw up. So, yeah, right. <sighs> he, he, he does this chicken little routine all the time. Chicken little. Well, yeah, the sky's falling, but, you know, it's, uh, it, 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 it gets annoying after a while when it's like a broken record where it's like, well, now they're really going to get tired of it. Okay. I, I was wrong last time. Hashtag plans changed, but you know, they're, it, they're the really going to, yeah, they're really going to get tired of it now. Uh, I'm tired but, of getting tired of you. Well, and here's some more, uh, you know, Dave clearly seeing the future. Uncle Dave says that Vince McMahon's plan of attack is bizarre. His goal is to make wrestling such a ridiculous circus that he drives away all the normal fans who want stuff like work rate and hard-hitting action and replace them with casual fans who just want to gawk at a spectacle. Whether this cult audience is something that will stick around when the Rocky Horror Picture Show loses its freak show appeal is something that we'll find out in the next three years. Damn. Yeah. So much wrong with that, but (laughs) first, uh, next three years, we'll figure it out, huh? Um... Pretty sure this, double this is what, 84? Yes. In three years they're gonna have WrestleMania three. Yeah, which was their biggest show yet. <laughs> Holy shit, that ain't just so bad. That little part right there alone. And they introduced like we just mentioned, they just introduced another pay-per-view with Survivor series. Or was that on free oh, that, TV at the time? That doesn't come out until eighty eight or eighty nine. Eighty eight. Was it eighty seven? Eighty seven. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. Yeah, eighty seven. So Yeah. Yeah, so three years they're gonna have WrestleMania three and Survivor Series, <laughs> but yeah, no, they're oversaturating the market. They're chasing off all the the normal fans, quote unquote. Like, I think we're Lord, talking man. about like right now in the time. Yeah, <sighs> but anyway, 
Uh, Uncle Dave elaborates further that Titan is headed for a disaster in 1985 based off supposed losses of $7 million in 1984 and, a, Lord, glut, another bad one. and a glut of TV product. Do you know what happens in 1985? Lord. Uh, Russell, well, that's Russell <laughs> yeah. 1. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't lose a lot of money. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, they're heading for disaster, Greg. They're going straight down the tubes. Oh, man. Uh, his old stuff and like, wow, what was I thinking? Or I couldn't have been more wrong. Yeah, right. Nineteen eighty-five is gonna be a disaster. That could be argued as the year where it all started. Right. Well, in his, uh, I hate to give him any bit of due here because I mean, let's just face it—that that's incredibly stupid. However, um, the the thing with saying, well, they might be headed for disaster in eighty-five, you know, because of WrestleMania at the time. A lot of people were saying that was a huge... I mean, I think Vince himself said it was a huge gamble. And if it was a failure, WWF was going to tank and uh, wrestling was going to go back to the, the way it always was. Boring? Yeah, give or take. I mean, it, it was going to go back to basically, I mean, like what we saw on this show. So, WrestleMania was... You and I talked about it, I think. Uh, did we review it now in the archives? I want to say we did. I remember doing that one. Yeah, might have been one of the ones you did with Grandi because you did all the first ones with him, I believe. I believe we did every show, like every WrestleMania together. Yeah, we have not done that one yet. We've done three, four, and eight. And then, you know, obviously ones after that. But, uh, yeah, no. So, WrestleMania 1 was very boring, you and I admitted. Didn't have a lot of great matches on it. But it was more about the celebrities and the glitz and the glamour. And it was, it was, a, it was a spectacle. It, it wasn't about Well, they had that amazing... Wrestling. Uh, King Kong Bundy and S.D. Jones match, though. Oh, hell yeah. Well, and, and WrestleMania 3 also had a great moment with Bundy. <laughs> that You know, that was Eugene's favorite WrestleMania moment. <laughs> Brought up Eugene. Well, hell yeah. You can't have a have a good show without mentioning him. Either way. And his, <laughs> should be kind of slapped right now. Well, here's, here's what, I, what we talked about offline that uh, before we started recording. So... In his recap of 1984, I'm not going to subject you to all of it because I couldn't even get through it. Uncle Dave mentions Hulk Hogan, whose title reign has been a huge disappointment thus far. <laughs> stop. Yeah, let's let's stop right there with that one. Like, what? I, 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 I don't even, like, what? Good God, wow. man. Like, this is just like, bad. Disappointing in, like, no great matches? Uh, that that's actually the major point, like sticking point with him. Whoa, he has horrible matches. <laughs> like, who gives a crap? He's drawing the house, but he says he popped houses for the first few months, but things have cooled off considerably since then. Like, what do you can? What's considerably to you, Dave? Like, good lord. Uh, also, his matches are all the same as he takes a beating from the heel and then pops and uh, pops up and finishes them with a big boot and leg drop out of nowhere in a little under ten minutes. Uh, and you think anybody is not counting the cash after all that? Yeah, do, that's like, all he did. And this is what I got. Uh, never mind. I always yeah. said this cash made a five star match. Everybody wanted to wrestle Hogan, not because he was the greatest wrestler on the card, but because he made the most money. Like, good grief, man. It's like he doesn't know I mean, how it's life like works. When the Yankees are in dead last, everybody wants to be on the Yankees. That's where the money's at. It's yep. A fact. I mean, <laughs> yep. Idiots. Yeah, it's it's as if he doesn't know how things work, Greg. Oh. Yeah, right. Uh, so, it's one of those dumbass Californians, to be fair. <laughs> well, this one, uh, I've forgotten about this here, but it's a little interesting to read about, actually. So, 
Sergeant Slaughter went to Vince McMahon with an ultimatum about getting a bigger piece of the merchandising pie. As we all know, Vince yeah. loves being given ultimatums. And, and those Slaughter shirts and, and hats were selling like wildfire. Yeah. <laughs> bigger piece of the pie. What's he want some of Hogan's money? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, in his defense, he's like he was pretty over as a baby face at this time, but it's ah, come on. How man. many Sergeant Slaughter shirts were selling though? I can't well, I can't name a Sergeant Slaughter shirt, period. Like I'm I'm trying to figure out he got most of his money off of um Hasbro. Uh, G, yeah, G.I. Joe, like pretty sure. I think that was another sticking point with them because Vince didn't want him to have toys with Hasbro. He he wanted him to be exclusive and That was the original uh Twitch thing. <laughs> yeah. And I think Slaughter said, Well, I'm not giving up my Hasbro deal, making way too much money, so bye. Which I, I mean good I for him. Either. Yeah, I mean good for him. You get to Sell sell toys and make more money than you would taking bumps in the ring. <laughs> You'd be kind of toys, man. <laughs> that's like people. Good lord. <laughs> that's like people complaining that the big money players from WCW sat home for a year, like and collected a check. Like, yeah, you're getting paid millions of dollars to walk to the mailbox, man. Like, yeah, I take it too. But either way, Kevin Nash could tear his quad walking to that mailbox. That is true. That's very dangerous for him. But c- continuing on with this, though, uh, so Sarge got fired, and he's now a free agent. He wanted to jump to the NWA until it was shot down by someone, <coughs> Dusty Rhodes. <coughs> uh, sl- slaughter- What's the problem there? Uh, there was always the thing of, uh, I, a lot of people have said this was very true, Dusty didn't want anybody in the company that could be considered a bigger babyface than him, or or might contend with him for the top babyface spot. He was like people go after Hogan all the time. It's like I was gonna say that. I was like, man, Hogan's the bad one. Yeah, right. It's like people crap on Hogan all the time. But Dusty like, was actually running the company most times too. So right, he was that's even worse. a lot. Yeah, it's come out in later years where it's like, well, maybe Tully wasn't so much of an a hole for not liking him. He had a plane with Stardust written on the side. Like, come on, dude. I whatever. But either way, Slaughter was of course uh, Slaughter. Of course, ended up working for Vern Gagne again in the AWA. Although Slaughter ended up no-showing a bunch of dates, Uncle Dave notes that the WWF somehow knew in advance that they needed to have Hulk Hogan uh, there to take his spot against Nikolai Volkov, which leads Uncle Dave to suspect that perhaps Slaughter's firing wasn't quite the -the spur-of-the-moment decision that it appeared to be. Or they were looking to maneuver him out of that top spot and put Hogan in there? I mean, that's, like, yeah? Why would you move him and put the goose that laid the golden eggs? Right. Like Hogan is already coming out and coming out to Real American and you know uh, well actually at this time he's not I guess but he's positioning himself as you know all American made and whatever and uh, screw the Russian guy. Oh, that's his WCW theme. Yeah, right. Uh, the superior theme, according to Cody Rhodes. <laughs> he's such a WCW Mark though. Yeah, right. Well, what did we just talk about with his dad? Come on now. But yeah, I don't know. That's Hogan was going to be the guy. The number one, like, you know, Defender of America and whatever else. So, yeah. It's they're never going to work, though. They'll bring Slaughter back and Hogan will be out, right? Yeah, of course. They'll never have any kind of legacy. Slaughter's the top guy, clearly. <laughs> and I like Sergeant Slaughter, but come on now. <sighs> so, the WWF recently had their first legit sellout of Madison Square Garden since June. After the show, Rocky Johnson left the promotion, and the WWF continued advertising him for weeks afterward. That seems to be a thing with him. Look, he's gone, but ah, leave him on the promotional material. Because once not... you get there, card subject to change. Yeah, but my argument is if you haven't sent the promotional material out yet, like 
advertising him that he well he might be there even though he definitely won't be still effing dirty like wcw doing that with like literally in the pre-show to a pay-per-view oh scott hall is going to be here I, I can't remember what show that was and then the the pay-per-view hit and they're like ah hall's not here like dude you just told me an hour uh, ago he was going to be here tna did that with hall too for uh turning point oh seven now in the archives that one uh, i waffle on that one because i'm like they, they said well we were hoping he'd show up at the last minute but he didn't but WCW, they knew for a fact he was he was not going to be there because I think he was in rehab or something. With TNA, they didn't know where he was, so they were hoping he was literally TNA on his being way. dumb and oblivious. No, 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 you're lying. <laughs> yeah, right. Or well, you know, Scott Hall disappearing and not letting people know what the hell's going on. Ah, that never happened. And I like Scott Hall, but I mean, we got to be honest here. Another huge loss here. Kamala has also left WWF after doing oh a- no <laughs> after doing a bunch of jobs to Andre the Giant. In this case, because he was tired of constant travel. Buddy Rose was brought in. Playboy <laughs> Buddy Rose, by the way. Uh, and he's already an opening match jobber. And Uncle Dave says that Rose actually might be going, uh, is actually going to trial for tax evasion on January 27th. Whew. Opening match jobber was Hogan the main event? Uh, most likely. Well, then, who cares? I've literally heard yeah. people say that. Yeah, right. That's like Playboy Buddy Rose. Who cared, bro? <laughs> Plus, everybody said he he just did nothing but expand, so they made that a storyline after a while. Like, he couldn't keep his weight under control. Uh, this one, you talk about building up the 80s, getting ready for, you know, things to explode, man. Jim Morris, then known as Harley Davidson, and soon to be known as Hillbilly Jim, was recently shown sitting in the front row of the WWF TV tapings. It was Jim Morris, like, from the doors, and then he was the motorcycle? Jim Morris. Real- yeah. <laughs> Close, they're, really, uh, they're really clever with his names, huh? Yeah, right. Well, his legit, like, on his birth certificate, real given name is Jim Morris. So, I but I did have to do a double take, because I'm like, Jim Morrison? I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, oh, Morris, never mind. But, but yeah, Harley Davidson. I, how did he not get sued for that? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Luckily, Vince was maybe, smart enough. Maybe he played it off that that was the actual shoot name or something? Yeah, I don't know. Considering they sent WCW a cease and desist over Hogwild. <sighs> but... The WWF wants the tag team titles off of Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch soon. Hell of a team. Not, uh, he's got another name, too. Not just it, Dick Murdoch. Klansman uh, Dick Murdoch. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. Well, well I, I was going to say, yeah, I, I mean, I guess you and I have never seen it, so. Allegedly. But I have heard from many people that they legit saw, apparently the KKK has like membership cards like you're part of a fraternity or something oh that's lovely yeah it's like oh here's my business card oh you're in the clan oh that's cool like that's uh something but either way uh that that is a hell of a team though adrian adonis and dick freaking murdoch but the wwf adrian adonis absolutely the wwf wants the tag titles off of them soon but the briscoes don't want to wrestle full-time anymore so it looks like the new team of (laughs) <laughs> wrong briscoes but yeah <laughs> i know you know i'm just telling everybody out there um but uh it looks like the new team of barry windham and mike rotundo are gonna get the belts did they ever to, like uh, i think they did yeah didn't they lose in wrestlemania one to sheik and Nikolai? uh that sounds right yeah barry windham and mike rotundo were for anybody that doesn't know they were the was it the usa express uh yeah real america was actually made for them right and then they left the company and uh go on forever bro Barry Windham went on to have the run of his freaking career in the NWA after that. But so did Mike Rotundo. He wanted to go be a 
And the varsity club. Yeah, right. And he was I like, remember the, that. And he was the TV champ for like years. Because, you know, that's something. Why <sighs> was for him? Yeah, right. Well, there's actually two WWF junior heavyweight champions at the moment, as Les, Les Thornton is carrying around the belt on the TBS show and claiming to be the champion. In addition, Cobra is going to win the title from Black Tiger on the December 28th MSG show. So what's happened there was that Thornton had won the NWA version of the title in a phantom title switch and just kind of pretended that it was a WWF title, and he brought it to their TBS show. WWF uh, then basically ignored that title, and it went away. Jim Crockett and the NWA then introduced a new version of the junior heavyweight title in 1986, just to confuse things. The other WWF title, by the way, was won by Cobra, as promised. He went to Japan, and he defended it in New Japan before getting abandoned in late 1985. So there you I go. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's a weird history with that title. I remember seeing matches for it um, in like old footage and stuff, but I don't know. So the WWF tried running Dallas and did all right, but got beaten by Fritz Von Erich and WCCW due to a weak main event by Black of uh, Blackjack Mulligan and Andre the Giant versus Ken Patera and Bobby Heenan. <laughs> wow. Yeah. A couple of roles there. That whole woman event and the fact that they tried to win in Texas. Yeah, right. And I mean, obviously they would later, but this is 1984. It's uh, like yeah, the Von Erichs are like God in the Vatican at this time in Texas. Yeah, right. Yeah, the Von Erichs were like Jesus and the disciples coming to the ring, all right? It's like, just, well, real quick, uh, the WWF drew 2,500, and Fritz that showed the same night did 4,000. So it's not like they obliterated them, but it was, you know, they won. Wins a win. Right. And So Tony Khan trying to convince himself right now, for, or, sorry, let me reword that, because we're in the can. That's uh, Tony Khan convinced himself in Wembley. Yeah, right. Uh, well... The, the thing with that is, like, Bruce Pritchard talked about, well, they were breaking into other markets. They were trying to make their product known in these different markets. So even if they didn't draw, they were getting their names out right? there. Yeah. It, it's more, it was more of, like, an advertising, like, hey, we're here and we'll be back. So come check us out next time we're in town, that kind of stuff. Which, obviously, paid off in the end. But WCCW just started tanking, like, not long after this, actually. So. Well, it was all Vince McMahon's fault because he went national. I hate that name. Yeah, right. Like, well, why didn't you just go national then? Try to compete. Well, that's not the way it's supposed to be, damn it. Like, to this day, uh, Jim Cornette's like, well, wrestling was never supposed to be national. It's supposed to be regional. Like, okay, Boomer. Like, I don't even have a good response to that one because it's just so dumb. Like, oh, it did go national, and it's doing just fine. All right, well, it, not even national. It went worldwide, and it's doing just fine. Like, sure, there are few, fewer places to work that are doing, like, gangbusters now, but you can still make a living at it. There's still... Uh, and, and also, there still are very uh, quite a few regional promotions. There's indies, but they're still there. Right. I mean, we have BTW uh, and APW over here. You have Rockstar over there. Yeah, and I think... Brian Myers and Creative Pro is still a, somewhat of a thing. Not just the school they put on shows, too. And Booker T's, Reality Wrestling. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's still there. Yeah. Well, if you want to have a big day or, a, or a, a big payday from like relative to, you know, like an indie show or something like that, like, uh, you know, there are bigger name places. Obviously, WWE is the top of the heap, but, you know, there's always Ring of Honor, AEW, uh, New Japan, New Japan, All Japan still running. Noah. GCW's there. Yep. Uh, Pro Wrestling Noah. 
uh, AAA, CMLL. I mean, there there are other places to work where you can make some good money. So, uh, Impact seems to have some kind of like an infinite Impact. Bankroll. Yep, Impact, NWA, even. I mean, they, there are there are places out there, man. You can get your name out there. You can make some decent money. You're not going to be making John Cena money at all these places, but you're going to be making some decent money. Yeah, but if you want to be on TV, though, there are only, only two options in America. We know that, to, to be fair. Oh, for sure. So I you I, say three, but Ring of Honor is still AW, so two. But. Yeah. I don't, NWA's shown somewhere. I don't, is it just YouTube? I thought it was only on YouTube or Fight TV okay. or something. I have no idea. I, yeah, last I knew it was YouTube, but somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure they will. But Well, actually. <laughs> yeah, right. You stupid but, head, you're not doing your research. Yeah, oh my god, if I get that one more effing time, uh, maybe you should do some research. Like, I'm reading articles, a-hole. Like, good god. Or you and I are riffing, and it's like, I think I remember it being like this, I don't quite remember. It's like, oh, you idiot. Plus, it's built into the conversation, I think I remember it like this. Yeah, right. I mean, it's kind of like right there. Now, we're not uh, stating facts, we can say something like that. But. Yeah, we're not going on the nightly news and telling you this stuff like it's the gospel, <laughs> alright? Like, calm down, nerds. But the WWF will soon be That's gonna on. Go trouble too. Yep. Uh, the <laughs> WWF will soon be on NBC-owned Sports World, but not on a weekly basis. However, there are oh, those with, there are those within NBC who really want, uh, who are really hot for wrestling and want to do some sort of show on the network. I bet you that Dick Eversol guy is never going to do a damn thing with wrestling. Yeah, right. Never drew a dime. <laughs> or excuse me. Never drew a dime. Hit it early. I believe it was uh, Mike Graham that went to Dick Eversall said, we got to get wrestling on NBC on Saturday nights. Yeah, right. And then a few years later, he went to Eric Bischoff and was like, you got to sign this Hulk Hogan guy. And uh, <laughs> we, we need to do this invasion angle. It's going to be great. And if I remember correctly, he was the one that told uh, Hulk Hogan from the beginning, hey, man, you got to start ripping your shirt. That'll get over. Yep. No, that was Chris Jericho. He invented everything. Oh, well, of course. Oh, Lord. Anyway, for the next few stories here. There's uh, some real idiots in wrestling. You know that? Yep, Greg Gagne, and look, I know he's passed away, so I hate to speak ill of the dead, but seriously, Mike Graham, like, good God. But uh, for the next few stories here... I'll even throw Dusty Rhodes in there. Uh, he did some stupid stuff. Oh, he did, for sure. But he, like, when I think of, like, the biggest, like, people full of crap in wrestling... Oh, yeah, I do you a, don't hear that, but we're talking yeah. about stupid stuff. Right. He's right there. Dude, he Hulk. had uh, uh, that thing where Abdullah got shot in the chair. <laughs> yeah, cha- the most egregious chamber of horrors. I woke up yeah. in a cold now, sweat. Now in the archives, right? Uh, which Halloween Havoc was that? Uh, 91, 92? Okay, we've done 89. Uh, Maybe that and one, I don't remember. I don't remember 89. Either. We've done 89, 90, and 91. So, it's and 93. one of those. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, Hulk Hogan's got to be up there in the BSers category, though. Like, every time he tells a story, it changes. <laughs> like... <sighs> he's like he's like your uh, like uncle at the barbecue, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> I caught a five pound fish, and then the next time I caught this this uh, twenty five pound fish. Got a three thousand pound blue whale. <laughs> yeah, right. I hooked Moby Dick, and I just rode that sob. <laughs> the only consistent part is every time he was drinking Bud Light, right? Yeah, right. Uh, but either way, for the ne- these next few stories here. Let's go to Japan. And there was a certain guy. Uh, racism in there. I don't know, but. Hey, 
I didn't come up with that noise. All right, that was or, come uh, up with uh, by yeah, Japanese. Yeah, maybe maybe it's more stereotypical. Uh, definitely stereotypical. But hey, I mean, I've got like mariachi music when I do the, you know, uh, what's going on in Mexico. So and our five o'clock white guy music. <laughs> Hell yeah! I, look, we're equal opportunity opportunists here. All right. <laughs> so it kind of like uh, Matt and Trey on South Park. We we don't play favors. We get everybody. Yeah, right. <sighs> but either way, with the uh, def- defection, defection, uh, defection. That's it. I can't word today. With the defection of Ricky Choshu to All Japan, he's now getting babyface reactions that Uncle Dave would describe as being in the same league as Hulkamania or Carrie Von Erich's teenage girl fan base. Hmm. Soon to be the Rockers' teenage girl fan base. Yeah, right. Uh, look, normally this is where I would be like, ah, yeah, whatever, Dave is full of crap. But seriously, like, Ricky Choshu is over like an effing god over there, dude. He was like, the, the Korean, right, that convinced everyone mm, Japanese? Uh, that was uh, Ricky Dozan. I knew it was a Ricky... Yeah, so close, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, Ricky Choshu, he wrestled for quite a while, actually. So I don't, I don't know if he's. I think he's finally retired because he's so freaking old. But it took him for damn ever. Yeah, but Japanese people don't age, so yeah, right. He might still be going. Yeah, right. that's not like that's not a joke either. I'm just, I'm, I'm legit jealous of them for that. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> my favorite one is uh, uh, there's some really um, secret sauce from them, but not age. Yeah, right. Uh, my, my favorite one was on, uh, I think it was American Dad, or no, it was a Cleveland show, where uh, this one character was like, is this big overweight woman in a, in a wheelchair, and she said something about, oh, I'm 67. He's like, you're 67? She's like, fat don't crack. Good lord. <laughs> uh, have you ever seen those people where it's like, they lose a bunch of weight, and all of a sudden it looks like they age 10 years? I've seen it in the reverse, too, but... Like, all of a sudden, like, their wrinkles, like, start coming in. It's like, wow, okay. I think Cardi Wilson may be a good example of that. Yeah. <sighs> but in Japan, the British Bulldogs decided to jump from New Japan to All Japan via Vince McMahon, and they're leaving because they're pissed off at Antonio Inoki about payoffs. In New Japan, they made $2,000 each weekly, whereas Giant Baba is offering 3500 for Kid and 2500 for Smith. Uh, Uncle Dave thinks that they're going to be Why even— Why would a tag team get different amounts? Uh, because Dynamite Kid was a bigger name over in Japan. At first, I thought about that, too. I was like, why are they being, being paid different? And it's like, oh, okay, because more people give a damn about Dynamite Kid over there. Which, you know, Dynamite Kid, a.k.a. Uh, not, in, not in every way, but in wrestling ways, a.k.a. the original Chris Benoit. Yeah, right. Uh, both of which had Dark Side of the Ring episodes about them. <laughs> so, But Uncle Dave said he thinks that they're going to be even more pissed off when the Road Warriors come in for $10,000 each per week. <laughs> he might have got it. I hit that one on the head. Yeah, right. Yeah, he look. He ain't wrong. All right. <sighs> but either way, uh, well, this one is uh, not going to be accurate. But at Sushi Onita, a young wrestler in all Japan who badly injured his knee, announced his retirement at the age of twenty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if anybody watch, watches the FMW Dark Side of the Ring, he does nope. like. Yeah, he does really F up his knee bad. And it looked like, yeah, he would never step into the ring again. But, uh, well, he quote unquote worked around it. Death match, by the way. Right. Yeah, it was just like a normal match. And he F'd himself up real bad. That's what happens when you, you know, try to get out of your comfort zone of barbed wire, thumbtacks, and glass and stuff. Well, at the the time, uh, he hadn't started all that. He didn't start all that until after the injury because he was trying to. Oh, so is that why he started it then? 
basically. You he was trying to work around it. Before. Yeah, I he, didn't know that. He was very I limited. Assumed, I just assumed he came into the industry doing all that crap. Right. Uh, no, he, he started off because, uh, again, like I got most of this from the FMW episode of Dark Side of the Ring. But he was like a big, bright prospect in Japanese wrestling. They thought he was going to be one of the next big things. And then he hurt himself. He thought he could never wrestle again. And then he ended up switching to more of like a hardcore style afterwards to kind of be able to still work with the injury because he couldn't wrestle like he used to. I've seen a lot of people do that. That's guaranteed why Chris Jericho started doing that crap because he couldn't wrestle like he used to. So he's trying to mask it. He's not as bad. He's not that bad. though. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, not quite as bad, but he is doing death matches and getting slammed into thumbtacks and garbage like that. So, uh, either way. Good Lord. This one's funny. Apparently, Hulk Hogan's popularity in Japan was tarnished by a knee injury when he went home after just one show to rehab it, and Japanese fans considered that to be soft. In fact, he fell to to third place in the foreign popularity polls behind Stan Hansen and Bruiser Brody. Oh, no, not third place in Japan. Who the hell did he ever beat? I think the top three in Japan are three American white guys. Yeah, well, the, this is the top foreigners. So, yeah. <laughs> Tiny wangers. Right. You got two two big-ass bruisers from Texas and Hulk Hogan. <laughs> uh, I love that list. <laughs> but, yeah, no, this totally killed his credibility in Japan. He'd never be back, never draw a dime there ever again. Nope, he's done. Might as well take him out behind the barn. <laughs> but uh, back in America. stories age so bad, dude. I know, right. It's not like he would pop up there in 93, 94, whatever the hell, and come out to a like a huge ovation in the Tokyo Dome or anything like that while waving an American flag and coming out to real American. Yeah, he was Pikachu or Mario or something. (laughs) Yeah, right. But back in America, in Southwest, Scott Casey introduced his brother Rick, who isn't any good at all. Rick would go on to minor fame as Wildcat Wendell Cooley. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, right. Wildcat Wendell Cooley. White! <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, right. Yeah, if that name don't scream white as hell, I don't know what does. Isn't uh, Wendell on The Simpsons like that little pasty, pasty white guy always throwing up? Good lord, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember I that so. character. Yeah, I think so. Wow. Uh, <laughs> good lord. Uh, but moving on to uh, to Tex ass here. Ric Flair returned to world class. Cowboys, man. Oh, I second that. But Ric Flair returned to world class to defend the NWA title against Terry Von Erich for the first time since their Texas Stadium match. Then, after it's eight now months, in the archives, I believe, right? No, we did not do that one. We've I feel done like it. I watched it. We you might have watched it. I don't think we didn't we didn't review it for the podcast. So we need to sometime though. I feel like it would probably be a Mark fun match. Mark it down, damn it. But, oh, yeah, uh, we did. We did. Uh, Jerry Lawler and Terry Von Erich, right? Yes. That. I think I watched the wrong one. I had to watch that back before we recorded. That's what happened. That is correct. <laughs> I remember watching it. So I think I watched the wrong show. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. But uh, either way, after eight months of buildup, the best finish that they could, could they could come up with was Flair getting himself disqualified by co- tossing Carrie over the top to escape the Iron Claw. Stupid. <laughs> Uh, the crowd. I get the DQ, but he had to go with the lamest DQ you can possibly find. He couldn't use a uh, international object or kick him in the balls or something. No, over the top rope. Wait, was it international object yet? It wasn't. It was still form, right? 
uh, international object sounds funnier, so I'm going to go with that. It, right, it wasn't that fair. yet because Turner didn't own it, but coming up. Uh, I still don't understand why they didn't just call it a weapon. Yeah, that's my thing. Like, why did you call it? Like, I feel like Jim Ross started that to be a smart ass <laughs> because the edict was uh, don't call people foreign anymore. We can't use the word foreign. They're international. So you I know feel what like foreign means <laughs> not from here. Yeah. It's not like, like a slur or something. Yeah, Jeez. I know. Even back then, Turner was Mr. PC. Uh, he was ahead of the game, man. Got to give him that. No, I was just thinking, I'm ready to rumble. Uh, David Arquette's character clearly yells foreign object. <laughs> yeah, right. I wonder if that was uh, just a shot in the face or something. I feel like by then they gave up on it. But like I said, Turner changed his mind like he changed underwear. So people get on Vince McMahon about that. But it's like, dude, Turner was just as bad. Yeah, one year he thought the Braves should win the World Series. The other five, they should lose. Wow. Yeah, that's it. But the uh, the crowd was also down a lot for a reunion arena show at 17,000, which might be a bad sign for the upcoming year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. 17,000. That's it. Yeah. Uh, how are they going to eat? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how many? Wh- where's the reunion arena? At? Where is it? Reunion arena? Uh, I don't know. It's somewhere in Dallas, I think. I'm going to say Dallas, but or no, that uh, Houston, I think. I want to say that's Houston. 17,000, that's down? What, what, what's the hold, 100,000 or what? Why is uh, 17 a bad number? Well, it was probably down from what it was like the last few times. Because I, I think they used to, um, I think they used to fill it. So it is in, it is in Dallas. Okay. Uh, capacity. So not down from like when I was 19 in Seattle to like only 20 grand in uh, Madison Square Garden the next year. That not not that kind of down. Yeah. Well, it says uh, its capacity held accommodations for eighteen thousand one hundred eighty-seven for basketball and seventeen thousand for ice hockey. So I, so I don't know. Factor maybe another thousand or so with the seats on the floor. It's not really a big drop, is it? Feels like an overreaction to me. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh man, they they didn't quite fill it to the brim, so they're dying. In his defense, Wait, what hockey team is playing there in in Houston? Uh, sorry, there... I'm way to the beach now. Sorry. Was there a Dallas hockey team? I know there is now, isn't there? The North Stars, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the Dallas Stars. Yeah. Okay. Well, if it is Dallas, if it, I mean if it is Dallas, because I thought you said it was in Houston. Yeah, it's, I thought it. I was. I stand yeah, there's corrected. There's no Houston hockey team. I don't think there has been. But yeah, Dallas Star. They yeah, the Dallas Stars didn't start until the. Oh, well, uh, they the were Minnesota in Minnesota North Stars. Never mind. Yeah, right. Yeah, they were in Minnesota, and then Minnesota. they moved in '93, so they weren't quite there yet. I have, I have no idea like what hockey team was there. To be honest with you. We need Shaggy in here. Yeah, right. Go listen to Puckberg, by the way. Quick little plug for him. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, if anybody listened uh, during the break, you can, uh, you can check out here in Puckberg, great hockey podcast, if you like that sort of thing. And for the sort of people who like that kind of thing, that's the kind of thing those people like. <laughs> I can't believe you weren't batting for him. Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, here's another one. Mike Von Erich won the Rookie of the Year Award for PWI. Yes, over Jushin Thunder Liger. Think about that. Well, something tells me Liger will have a better overall career. Yeah. Uh, well, Jake and we Robert... will see his first ever and only ever WWE match. Absolutely. Uh, Jake Roberts stole the award from him and broke it. Uncle Dave notes that the plan was going to be Jake breaking the award over his head to lay him out. But they're so terrified of Mike losing his heat in any way that instead Mike ran wild on Jake, laid him out, and bloodied him up. Good. Mike Von Erich was the heel. God. Uh, no, Jake was. That's why Jake oh, came out, stole the award, broke it. Well, uh, like 
they mean heat like reaction, not necessarily like uh, you know hate like people hating him or anything. Because from what Christian <sighs> says, or I maybe was going to one X literally couldn't be a heel in Texas. It was impossible. Oh that's what yeah, confused me. <laughs> yeah, no, there is no way. The only one that ever got booed was not a real Von Erich. Uh, it was Lance. So, which, by the way, I think MJF is playing him in that Iron Claw movie. Oh, go figure. He's the one that gets booed, okay? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, That's he's gonna a be, freaking stretch. Yeah, he's, he's going to be the not real um, Von Eric, the one that they brought in to fill out the ranks. Jewish Von Eric. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, anyway, Carrie uh, Von Eric was actually, er, this, this is one I, I teased earlier as well. Carrie Von Eric actually auditioned to be Ivan Drago in Rocky IV. Think about that. Oh. But he lost the part to a, quote, Swedish kickboxer. Uh, I, uh, I, was, that's not uh, Dolph Lundgren, is it? Is he Swedish? Uh, I, I really don't know. Dolph Lundgren, was he a kickboxer? Uh, I, I don't really see anything about that. <sighs> I don't know. Somebody out there, uh, let me know. Is Wow, well, one of our faithful listeners will probably oh, he, tell us. He is Swedish. Okay, he was born in Stockholm, Sweden. Okay, maybe he was him, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, either way. Uh, but uh, Nikita Koloff was also considered one of the front runners for that part as well. Oh, a real Russian. actually might have worked. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, he doesn't... Um... You just say a real Russian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, Nikita... <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking. I'm thinking Nikolai Volkov. Never mind. Okay, not a real Russian. The one not real Russian. My bad. That is not correct. Uh, I don't know why I was thinking because uh, uh, Nikolai Volkov. Because that one is like I was thinking. I'm like he, he would have looked so stupid fighting Rocky. <laughs> Nikita Koloff. Okay, he would have looked like he actually looks big and intimidating. But uh, but either way. Over in Mid-South, the Rock and Roll Express faced the Midnight Express in a new thing called a scaffold match. It drew pretty well. Yeah, Uncle Dave makes sure to say he hates this idea and it sucks. I can't Look, disagree with him on that. Yeah, I, I'm going to I'm gonna say, you know what, Dave? That's one for you, man. Scaffold matches are always awful. Ironically, much like his opinions. Good Lord. So to freshen things up between Dallas and Mid-South, Fritz Von Erich actually agreed to trade Skandar Akbar for Jim Cornette thus bringing the Midnights to world class, where they pretty much springboarded to the NWA and stardom. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, what uh, have they done lately? Yeah. <laughs> They're not even in the Hall of Fame, losers. Yeah, I, that one I don't get. I'm like, dude, now's the perfect time. Like, I, I hate to put it this way, but it's like, dude, Bobby well, died. No, like Cornette said, they, they shit the bet on that one. The heart and soul of the team is gone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, from what I heard, he couldn't give much of a speech because he was mumble mouth, you know, Alabama, but still, it would have been so cool to see all three of them up on stage. Like you or well, four, like you've got to have Cornette and then the other three, because some people remembered Loverboy Dennis. Some people remember sweet Stan. You and I always said we like Stan better, but I mean, both well, yeah, just had this conversation with a friend. Yeah, all for, of me, was, for me, it was for me. was all always Bobby Eaton and sweet Stan. Yep. That's a lot of historians will tell you it's all about, uh, Beautiful Bobby and Loverboy. Yeah, I mean they they made their rounds around the territory. They were a they were a, a thing. Bobby but... was just on um, AEW, but not on TV. Guess he came out after the match or something. Oh wow! I saw it on Twitter. Nice. I did hear. Go figure. Wrestling's greatest cover band brought him out. Good lord. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I I know Jim Cornette himself said like you could never count on Dennis just because he was one of them. Where it's like. I'm smart with my money. I don't need this job. So if I don't want to be here, I'm not going to show up. 
or I'll pack my bags and I'll leave and you'll never see me again. And apparently he oh, did that awesome. quite a bit. <laughs> right. Yeah, you'd think he was making bank, but it's like, hey, man, you're, you're smart with your money. Good for you, man. You know, it, if there's a lot of power in being able to say, I don't need this job, you can go F yourself. Which is why Brock makes all that money. <laughs> yep. Uh, that, that holds a lot of power, man. Somebody who didn't hold a lot of power, Butch Reed has turned babyface and is a complete flop because he's terrible at that role. Oh. I don't remember him ever being a babyface. Because he was terrible at that role. Yeah, I guess so. Like, apparently people saw it happen, and uh, this was during the the original UWF ran by Bill Watts. Oh, not the good one. Well, of course. And it happened, people hated it, it flopped, and they were like, yeah, we're not doing that. Had the guts to make a black man a face. Yep. Okay. Check this out. That, That wasn't the Junkyard Dog, by the way. He had a lot of black baby faces after the Junkyard Dog because, I mean, everybody admits this. They're yeah, like, to replace him. Yeah, it's, everybody said it's like it was painfully obvious that he was trying to find his next Junkyard Dog. And in his mind, my next Junkyard Dog has to be another black baby face. It can't just be a top guy, which, I mean, whatever. But these next two stories are, wow. I mean, it tracks, but it's just, wow. So the Road Warriors are programmed with the fabulous ones in the AWA. And early matches between them were awful because no one wanted to sell for each other. In fact, this led to... I've never seen this on their documentary. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The Fabulous Ones, by the way, speaking of Sweet Stan. uh, In fact, this led to a famous incident where Vern Gagne booked a title change for the Fabulous Ones. And they went out to the ring only to be informed by Paul Ellering in no uncertain terms that no titles would be changing hands that night. The Fabs cheerfully agreed because they're not stupid. (sighs) Oh, God. I like how they get the, out to the ring. the other fabulous one? Uh, Dwight the Clown? Uh, I guess. It was, it was Skinner. Oh, so. it was Skinner. Okay, I knew it was one yeah, of so it, Which, it makes sense. I mean, you are kind of correct. Didn't he play the fake Doink at one point? I think a lot of people did, but he was one of them. Yeah, I think he was the one of us in 89, if I remember right. Yeah. yeah. Steve Kern. Anybody out there that know what we're talking about? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was Doink Most the Clown at one point. Most eight with Owen Hart. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> And he spits it back right in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Now in the archives, by the way. Uh, yeah, he debuted in the summer of 91 as the Skinner. Good grief. And let's see, where did he play? Oh, he was Doink the Clown. It said uh, he also portrayed Doink the Clown on occasion at WrestleMania 9. He helped the original Doink defeat Crush by attacking Crush dressed as Doink during the match. Also now in the archives. <sighs> but anyway... The Road Warriors continue making friends at the Power Pro, or excuse me, the Pro Wrestling USA tapings in Las Vegas as Ken Lucas came out of semi-retirement to do a job to them. First of all, I don't know who Ken Lucas is, but I'm going to continue on with this. How do you know who the Ken Lucas is? Yeah, I'm an idiot. God, I need to do my research. But however, trouble. he wasn't accustomed to being treated like a jobber and refused to sell for any of their offense once it became apparent that they weren't going to sell anything for him. God. Uh, he walked out on the match after no-selling their clothesline finisher and kicking out at three. In the dressing room afterwards, the Road Warriors confronted him and ended up breaking his nose. My question... Yeah, right? My question, why would you fuck with them? Look at them. God. Like, They're just two big old hostages. They got do nothing here. Yeah, two big old biker dudes from uh, the mean streets of Minnesota. Yeah, they're not going to do anything. Chicago. Oh, yeah, right. <coughs> Chicago, right. Allegedly. Yeah. 
But, yeah, that one's crazy. Uh, speaking of crazy, Memphis shows are up a bit since the Jerry Jarrett-Jerry Lawler tandem successfully got the city to repeal... Hey, well, you know. Well, you know, huh, chicken salad. Uh, but they got the city to repeal a parking tax that had raised parking prices from $1 to $2, and it was hurting attendance. Holy crap! Oh, man. <laughs> Can you imagine? Two whole dollars? <laughs> Dude, I remember as a kid, somebody, like, just throwing a fit. I can't believe gas is $1 a gallon now. I, that, that's just crazy. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, wait till, wait till you get to 2023. Yeah, right. You'll be begging for it. But, in fact, the Ringling Brothers Circus had decided to skip Memphis for the first time in 108 years over the tax situation. It was that bad, huh? Uh, ran a circus out of town. Yeah, right. Uh, (laughs) Lawler managed to win over the city by pleading with them not to let children miss the opportunity to see the circus. (sighs) Of pro wrestling or the actual circus? You stole Uncle Dave's line. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like that we're thinking in tandem here. Yeah, right. Uh, Apparently, he said something along the lines of, well, if you want, you know, if, if you want kids to see the circus, they can just go down and see, you know, Memphis wrestling. <laughs> Shut the f*** up, Dave. <laughs> His own nephew talking to him like that. Yeah, right. Uh, but Jim Neidhart gave notice to Florida so that he could leave for the WWF. But then he then again, he said that months ago as well. And he never showed up. Uncle Dave notes that Neidhart. Uh, jump to the WWF is interesting because he's actually a son-in-law of Stu Hart, and Bret Hart isn't doing anything in particular in that promotion at the moment. So, you know, that's never going to go anywhere. Hey, uh, Vince, uh, I got this big-ass rhino. He's a big bastard. Uh, maybe you could get him a job. You know, maybe pair him up with my son, Bret. Uh, you know, give him give him some matching outfits or some shit. Uh. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> I know you I got gonna, that. I was gonna try to key you up for that too. <laughs> I know you got that Jimmy Hart fella. Maybe you could put him with him. Yeah, because that big bastard, he can yell and scream, but he can't talk worth a damn. And uh, and Brad, he can't talk worth shit. So uh, don't put a mic in his hand. Uh. <laughs> uh, anyway, speaking of managers, I think it would work out for Nightheart. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, Percy Pringle will be the new heel manager in Florida for the missing link. <laughs> what a gig. <laughs> Just give it uh, six years. Don't worry. Your time's coming, yeah. buddy. Uh, we want you to dye your hair black and paint your face white. <laughs> I like how he was like, oh, man, I don't want to do that. Wait, how much are you paying me? Oh, well, I'll be I'll be right over. Did you ever hear Pritchard talking about like when they hired him, when they brought him into the room? Uh, they were, no. They were looking for a measure of the undertaker, and it wasn't even on the table at the time and they asked him what do you do for a living so i'm a certified mortician he said the entire oh, yeah. started laughing their ass off <laughs> like, and again wow, they want a gift from kenny omega huh good lord and yet again that means uh, god get it. uh road warrior hawk was the one that came up with his name because he said they were they were trying to come up with what to name him and apparently hawk was in the vicinity he's like why don't you call him paul bearer get it paul bearer uh that so seems like something anybody could have came up with it's funny it's him yeah, right. Like, they were like, I don't know what the hell to call him, and freaking <laughs> Hawk just threw that crap out. Like, <laughs> that's great. He also uh, came up with a Doink character, according to Dark Side of the Ring. He said came up with a Doink character? Yeah. Oh, yeah, where he's like, you say he looks like Krusty the Clown. <laughs> yeah, so he looks like the evil clown, like that scene where Krusty's sitting there smoking a cigarette, just miserable. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, and, uh, and wow, he was also... Hawk on their list of 
Great creative minds, huh? Yeah, right. Well, he was also the one that when they brought in Sid, he looked at him and was like, you got the wrong skyscraper. <laughs> Which pretty right there. Yeah, that, that is correct. Uh, this one I had no idea about, but Jesse Ventura gave an interview with a magazine where he was pretty candid about his blood issues. The blood-thinning drugs that he takes to prevent clots mean that if he blades during a match, he'll bleed out and die. Gone forever, bro. Oh, I had a friend like that I worked with. He couldn't shave or nothing because one little nick might kill him. Dan, he, uh, did he have anemia or was it meds that he was on? I don't know. He did take meds, yeah. Dude, the saddest freaking thing, when I adopted one of them, uh, when we were, um, I was a teenager and we were adopting a dog. And we went over to the foster's house to, to get the dog. And it was like a, a whole family. And the little girl like looks at me and, and my sister and she's like, if I bleed, I can I won't stop and I could die. And I'm like, holy crap. And this girl, this little girl's like five. I'm like, that sounds Damn. like something Ralph Wiggins would say. Yeah, right. The crayon tastes like purple, <laughs> but much more dark. Leprechauns tell me to burn things. Uh, speaking of dark, oh, <laughs> you know, uh, this is my last story. And, uh, well, you might know where this is heading. 2020 is going to be doing a segment on pro wrestling soon featuring Eddie Mansfield. Oh, good Lord. I think I have, I have an authority that Jim Cornette still wants to strangle him to death. Uh, I think a lot of people did. Jim Cornette said something about um, a lot of people wanted to like have his body floating up the river, mafia style. <laughs> hey, uh, you Such know, a piece it, of crap. Yeah, right. Hey, uh, you know, I, I'm uh, not saying for sure, but you know, you, if uh, if you give away the secrets of pro wrestling on TV, you know, uh, something might happen to you. You know, I, I'm not saying what, know. you know, but. You know, it's, I mean, I would never do something. I swear, you know, I swear on my mother's grave. God bless her heart. You know what I'm saying? But uh, is that Tony D'Angelo speaking? Yeah. Well, I'm not saying what'll happen to you. Okay, you might die. You might be all right. You know, I'm just saying, you know, something. Something might happen. Good, bad, or indifferent. You know what I mean? What I'm, you know what I mean? Good lord. <laughs> Got in all the Italian stereo the mafia stereotypes there. Even though I will say the mafia does not exist. Okay, they're not real. All right, gotta I've gotta put that. No, in they're just a sanitation company. I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. Look. They're, they are running a perfectly honest hot dog stand, okay? Like, look, they just happen to make hundreds of thousands of dollars a day, all right? There's nothing shady going on there, all right? It, just leave them alone. Making up stuff. Yeah, Did you right. watch one hit movie from the 70s? Losers. <laughs> uh, I will say, in, my, in, in the town my mom lives in, like, my, my uncle's lived in that area his whole life. And he knows, like, everybody and all the, like, it's a really tight-knit area. With a lot of Italians. And uh, he he told my mom when she first moved into that town, he's like, oh, yeah, that hot dog, stand, that, uh, that hot dog restaurant down the street. He's like, uh, don't go in there. She's like, why? He's like, well, it, it's a front for uh, for the mafia. She's like, okay, then. Which doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. He's like, it's, it's, it's literally a money laundering business. And last time I was up there, it's been shut down. So I'm like, ah, found a new, weird, a new place to launder your money? Or did Uncle Sam c- catch up with you finally? Uncle Sam's old. You gotta run him. Look, man, you can murder people, torture people, make people disappear, and never to be heard of again. But look, if you don't pay your taxes, you're fucked. Yeah, that's just like Doug Dillinger, dude. Yeah, right. And every and as everybody knows, and we've well established on the show, nobody fucks with Doug Dillinger. <laughs> no matter who you are, nobody. Isn't anyway. that busted Al Capone? <laughs> yes. Yeah. He he did some heinous things allegedly throughout his uh, throughout his life. But never got busted for any of that. But, you know, the moment they find out he wasn't paying his taxes, 
Oh, we're throwing your ass away, locking, you know, uh, we're, we're locking your ass away, throwing away the key. <laughs> I don't know why that's what got him. Why does his laugh at that? Yep. Yeah, no, not murder, not kidnapping, not uh, racketeering, no, 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 no. Tax evasion. I mean, whatever, man, but good grief. <sighs> anyway, uh, we're going to take our next break, huh? On the other end of this, I'm actually, I don't know about you. Not that this show was amazing by any means, but I had fun I watching it. I liked it. Yeah, I had a lot of fun watching it, and to me, that's all that matters. If I can at least pull some joy and have some fun in watching oh, a yeah? show. <laughs> pull good. some joy, huh? Oh, F, yeah, every night. Um, once in the morning. Anyway, uh, but if I, if I can pull some... Sunday. <laughs> exactly. Uh, if I can pull some joy out of watching a show, and if you know, I, I can uh, have fun with it, you know, that's, that's really all that matters to me. Not every match has to be a classic. Even like Uncle Dave gave this one halfway decent marks, and uh, not not the main event marks, but you know halfway decent marks. And uh, the guy listen where was, we get your favorite podcast like this right here, exactly. And the guy that was like transcribing like uh, or summarizing basically the uh, the observer from the time, he's like, "How did Uncle Dave watch this and and think it was good?" It's like, well, maybe he just had fun with it, man. I don't freaking know. There were no explosions or parking lot brawls. What the hell? Exactly. But anyway, uh, we're going to take our next break. On the other end of this, Starcade time. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah got the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... K-A-S-T hey, hey, It's alright Good on you yeah. Instagram also At the Broadcast Podcast Remember we don't Spell it with a C We spell it with a K Sorry mate Take it easy Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. So the number one movie is missing in action. Uh, I don't know if I... I was literally like seven months older. No, seven, eight, nine months old. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I've never seen that one. I mean, I mean it's got... I think that's the one with Chuck Norris, if I remember right. Oh, hell yeah. That's and the number one for, uh... I'll go for wake, it. Wake me up before you go-go. Oh, hell yes. Yeah. Wham! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, the, uh, the, uh, if that's a Chuck Norris movie, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's setting up for, um, <laughs> somebody we're gonna see in the U.S. title match later tonight. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. It's NWA Starcade 84. The Starring million- Ice Cube. Say what? Starring Ice Cube. NWA, right? Good God. <laughs> the, uh, the tagline, The Million Dollar Challenge. The date, November 22nd, 1984. 
from the Greensboro Coliseum Complex in Greensboro, North Carolina. North Carolina. Uh, the attendance was 16,000. This was on closed circuit, I believe, so there were no pay-per-view numbers. But uh, we start off seeing the finish of Starcade 83, where Ric Flair won the NWA title from Harley Race, now in the archives, by the way. The ring announcer, Tom Miller, then introduces us to the show in the middle of the ring, and then we get this. It's Mike Davis defending the NWA Junior Heavyweight title against Denny Brown. Yeah, these guys. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> uh, your dad and your uncle getting into a skirmish. Uh, this goes about five and a half Over minutes. Over politics at the family cookout. <laughs> Good grief. What the hell? I'm just trying to be, uh, what's the word, timely. Yeah. I know it was years before this, but still, you know, it's next to the frame that JFK was a commie. Red Foreman told me. Oh, well, of course. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> but uh, there was a pretty ridiculous spot during this where Davis drops down, Brown goes over him, and then forces himself out of the ring as if he'd been forcefully thrown. Oh, Did totally. you? Yep. Yeah, that was so stupid. I'm like, the hell, man? It looked like a bad elimination in a Royal Rumble. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. But Davis works the works the back and then hits a bridging back suplex. But referee Earl Hebner apparently saw both Davis, both of Davis's shoulders down. So he declares Brown the winner and the new champion. Stupid finish. Uncle Dave gave this two and a half stars. I gave it one and a half. Let's say you. I gave it one. This match sucked. Yeah, and I put it out of my mind. I had no idea who the hell they were. I was just watching it for content. It right. sucked. Yep. Whole thing sucks. Yeah, just uh, uh, not good. Believe me, not good. <laughs> well, Davis is upset after the match, but shakes hands with Brown afterwards and leaves, allowing Denny Brown to celebrate. Commentators at Gordon Denny Sully. And, that doesn't uh, work. Commentators Gordon Sully and Bob Cottle was like watching a uh, the commentary oh. team of unbuttered white bread toast and uh, a glass of milk. Send it back to or two Joe Bidens. <laughs> <laughs> they send it back to Tony Skivone in Ric Flair's locker room. Who is still on TV to this day, folks. 30, 40, 40 years later. Good Lord. Nuts. That's cra- and what's even crazier is he took a huge break. Like from 2001 to, we'll say, 19 is when AEW launched. So 18 years. Yeah, 18 right. Year break. <sighs> well, uh, Flair is pacing back and forth while Shivani tells us what we're going to see tonight and who all they're going to be talking to. He was clearly tongue-tied here, by the way, because he kept stammering over himself. Well, they like, didn't man. have teleprompters back then. Yeah. Or maybe he had uh, somebody yelling in his ear, Say it! Say it, damn it! God dang it! Say it! <laughs> but now we go to Mr. Ito versus Brian Adidas in four minutes. Yeah, man, he makes some good shoes. Yeah, right. Uh, whoever this Brian Adidas is, he got a hell of a pop when they introduced him. I, I'm like, is I didn't he a know thing? who anybody was in the first three matches, dude. Or yeah. first two. I knew who one was in the next match, but. Yeah, right. And I was just like, uh, what? I'm looking uh, him up here. It says he was a huge star uh, world-class championship wrestling, so that's probably why. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, that translates, because WCCW was pretty big during this time, so. Uh, I did notice that his leg hair. bigger than WWE at this time. Yeah. Which is proven earlier in the news. Well, I noticed that his leg hair is so thick, it looks like he's wearing pants under his trunks. (laughs) 
Uh, in the end, Adidas hits an airplane spin and then pins Ito to win. Uncle Dave and I both gave this Uno. What say you? I gave it two. It had a little going on for me. I don't know. I kind of wasn't falling asleep, but I did laugh at the fact that he finished with the joke. Yeah, right. The airplane spin was treated like uh, a legitimate thing back then, man. That was uh, that was uh, Gorilla Monsoon's finisher. Not to think about that. Probably did it too. Yeah, weird to think that that was a finisher. finisher. I think that was more of a. Dino, I think it was more of a show of strength. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, but up next, it is Jesse Barr defending the NWA Florida State's title against Mike Graham. What? Yeah. Those guys never drew a dime. So. <laughs> He's talking uh, about Jesse Barr himself, third, third person. Yeah, right. There were, like, so many title matches here that meant absolutely nothing, by the way. And Jim Cornette has the audacity today to insult WWE and AEW for having multiple titles. <laughs> I will say that I can't remember who it was he was talking about where he said they would have like Knights of Champions or whatever. And he said the, the big joke backstage. It's like everybody's like, man, you know, he just has a, a desk in the back where he's just like opening each drawer and there's like another title in there. It's like, here, put it on the line. It's like one of those old buddy cop movies where the captain just pulls a badge out of the desk and throws it at him. <laughs> yeah, right. I need a gun and your badge. <laughs> Uh, Gator gonna need his gap back, punk ass bitch. No, this is Gator's bitches. <laughs> Gator's bitches better be wearing jimmies. My big anyway. boy pants on. Yeah, yeah, your big boy belt, huh? Make you feel like a big man. All right. Anyway, so uh, they use a test of strength knuckle lock spot at one point, which, in my opinion, is almost as dumb as the "I'm gonna stand here and let you chop or kick me" spot. Yeah. Like, At least why? with those, though, you're actually doing some damage here. Who does anything? Yeah. You know, like, and Warrior was okay because they're both, like, ripped as hell, but not here. Even, yeah, even then, it's just like, what? Why? What? What's, why? How do you I win that? Uh, I don't like, know. You make make the other guy cry, bro. Uh, that's, uh, that's all I can think of. Anyway. But Hebner gets bumped at one point. Yay. We see a small package from Mike Graham. Giggity. In the end, NWA, by the way. <laughs> yes. And in the end, blind ass Earl Hebner misses Jesse's feet on the second rope during a jackknife pin, allowing him to win the match. Ah, good lord. I freaking Hebner is just an idiot, man. <laughs> like, he screwed up two finishes. But I, I will say, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Uncle Dave gave it two and a half stars. I actually gave it three. I thought this was, a, like, definitely best thing we've seen so far. What say you? I gave it two. It was decent. Mike Graham could wrestle. He was a decent wrestler. So, yeah, I don't know. Just don't let him do any interviews or talk about his wonderful ideas. Yeah, exactly. They never drew a dime. But anyway, <laughs> we now see footage of J.J. Dillon and Tully Blanchard and the Long Riders tying up Dick Slater in the corner while they beat up Ricky Steamboat. That is unclean Richard Slater, by the way. Or Dirty Dick, if you prefer. Dirty Dick. Dirty effing dick. I don't know. Anyway. <sighs> yep. Well, you know, if you're going to have one, it's got to be dirty. Or maybe not. I don't How know. How did that get on TV? Well, because his, his name is Dick, and he's dirty. They, you know? they couldn't put Ric Flair's head, or, um, yeah, a bag of Ric Flair's head, but they could call a guy <laughs> dirty dick on TV. One is murder, okay? so Or attempted murder, I should say. That's a little over the top, but I don't know. Either way. Uh, up next is the Zambui Express of Elijah Akeem and Kareem Mohammed with 
the most useless manager of all time, Paul Jones, in their corner. <laughs> they are taking <laughs> on the team. Big dudes, man. Hell yes. Big meaty men smacking meat. Like, that was real. When I first heard the name, by the way, I thought it was, like, very stereotypical. Because I thought they said Zimbabwe. I'm like, so they're calling two black men Zimbabwe Express. Yeah, That's I don't what know I what, thought they said. I don't know what Zambui is. I don't either, but I thought they were going extremely stereotypical and racist with this, but I guess I was wrong. Okay. Kind of? I'm going to, well, because it still sounds like an African thing. And obviously they gave them, like, you know, African Islamic names or whatever. So it's kind of like the um, the Nation of Domination. If you were in that group, you had to have, like, a an African Islam name. So I don't know. But they were yeah, taking like D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry. Yeah, those were the two. Like everyone else. It was like uh Farouk Assad, um Kama Mustafa. It was already Kama, they just threw Mustafa on there because they had to do that. Yeah. Makes him sound more African. God dang it, pal. Anyway. Uh they're taking on the team of the assassin number one, who is the father of Nick Patrick. The greatest and, mullet in wrestling history. Hell yeah, he looks like Kenny Effin Powers, man. Uh, and Buzz Tyler. Yeah. Who looks like everybody's uncle. We've like, now used that three times in this episode. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know, if it's somebody's uncle, he could also be somebody's father, you know? I like how we automatically go to uncle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Like when works. you call someone, hey, that guy looks like everyone's grandpa. Well, that means he's someone's dad, because you can't be a grandpa without being someone's dad. Well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, this is a tag team elimination match that goes about five and a half minutes. So, yeah, assassin, uh, essentially, three falls will be in a five-minute match. Yeah, well, you would think. I, I, I might have missed something, but I don't think no, so. No, I'm just saying, in tag elimination, there can be up to three falls, but and they're potentially squeeze that in five minutes. That's just stupid to me. Oh well, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you'll. I mean, you'll. Like I said, you'll have to tell me if I missed something here. I, I really don't think I did, but I, I don't uh, know. let me ask. Let me ask you right now. No, you didn't miss anything if you didn't watch this match because it sucked. <laughs> well, assassin number one knocks heads with Muhammad, falls on him, and pins him to eliminate him. I'm assuming Paul Jones just instructed Elijah Akeem to stay out of the ring and get counted out, giving assassin number one and Buzz Tyler the win. Is that what you got out of this? Because yeah, it's a look like. Yeah, I'm like, okay, so he wasn't hurt or anything. Like, what's going yeah. on? Right. But either way, uh, Uncle Dave calls uh, Jones's team the Zimbui Elephants. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, so he body shamed even back then. Good Lord. Uh, he also yeah, said I went a different direction with what I heard. But yeah. <laughs> what, what, what were you thinking? That's like a really racist thing to call a black person. Is it an elephant? I believe so. I believe so. I've heard of other animal references being racist. The elephant one I'd never heard before. Uh, I just thought he was talking about their weight. But he says that I this... I hope he was. I mean, I know as bad as that sounds, but I hope that's what he meant. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. But he said that this was all action, albeit bad action. Uh, it... No, it was not action at all. It was boring. <laughs> yeah, right. He gave it a star, as did I. What say you? Yeah, one star. This yeah. could even have been good accidentally. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's not good. Or, uh, Excuse me. Uh, not good. Believe me, not good. Very bad. Yeah, well, it, it wasn't great. Oh, man. We go backstage now with Tony Schiavone interviewing Dusty Rhodes. Cody really does look more and more like Dusty the older he gets. Obviously, I know. A lot more skinny, but still. 
But Dusty says that the time for talking and showing off uh, wealth is over tonight. And he says that he will win that $1 million and the world title tonight. And he says that Joe Frazier better keep his nose out of his business. I'm, I'm, Joe Frazier. I'm sure smoking Joe Frazier is just quivering in his boots thinking about Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> like, I think he's, he's okay, man. But uh, up next, it is Black Bart with J.J. Dillon in his corner. Quite the team. He is defending the NWA Brass Knuckles Championship against... Yeah, that's a real title, folks. <laughs> against Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez. It goes about seven and a half minutes. Black Bart and Raging Bull in North Carolina, not in Texas. Yep. Uh, people give this a man crap to come up with horrible names for people. Who thought Raging Bull was good? I don't know. I mean, eh, it was, I guess for the time, it was okay. And he wore a giant sombrero to the ring, too. That was another thing. All right, we're offending multiple uh, ethnic groups in the show. Well, with a last name like Fernandez, I'm pretty sure he can get away with wearing a sombrero. <laughs> <sighs> Either way. So, Manny Fernandez gets busted open first. This is just two dudes repeatedly punching each other in the face with taped fists. Punching each other where? They're, uh, well, they're punching each other. In the face! In the face! <laughs> And, you know, Manny saw the blood and he was like, Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody! Uh, uh, but uh, either way, Fernandez finally busts Bart open. In the end, JJ hands Bart his bull rope, but Fernandez hits an O'Connor roll on Bart to win the match. Uncle Dave said, quote, Both guys bled for no reason other than that they can't get heat otherwise. End quote. Ouch. Well, we'll go off this match. Uh, are we really going to call him wrong? No, considering Manny Fernandez bled like a stuck pig in every match. Yeah. Nobody gave a damn, never drew a dime. Well, he was the original John Moxley, other than, yeah, no, he was not a main event guy. Uncle Dave and I, by the way, both gave this dose stars. What say you? I gave it one. This sucked. I didn't mind it too bad, but yeah, it wasn't great. But backstage now, Tony Schiavone interviews Ricky Steamboat, who, well, by the way. You want to see a great match. Stay tuned. It's coming up right now. Go ahead, keep going. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but he interviews Ricky Steamboat, who Gordon Sully keeps referring to as Rick Steamboat, uh, about how the Long Riders and Tully this is when Blanchard... He joined the, uh, this is when he joined the, uh, uh, what do you call that? The, uh, what's that the York Foundation. It? Yeah, the York Foundation. Well, then he'd be Richard Steamboat. <laughs> they already had a Richard with Morton, so they had to go with Rick. Yeah, little Ricky. Nope, too childish. It's got to be Rick Steamboat. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but apparently they injured his back. Uh, about a year and a half ago, Steamboat was at WrestleMania, by the way, so think about that. Or, or wait, no, WrestleMania's coming up in 85. Uh, what am I thinking a, of? About a couple months. Yeah, okay, so I got it, I got it wrong. Well, I stand corrected. So he's, yeah, so he's about to be at WrestleMania in, yeah, what, what six-ish months? Something like that? Mm -hmm. So good for him, man. He, uh, he upgraded. And then he goes and back. And he's going to go, gonna go uh, strap or which, hitch his wagon to uh, the golden horse, or I guess the white horse. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, I see what he did there. Uh, Steamboat runs down everything that's happened to him lately, all the feuds he's been involved in, and he runs down how injured that his back and ribs are. He says that he's going to put uh, that pain aside so that he can take on Tully Blanchard tonight, and he says he's put up $10,000 of his own money on the line for this match. There's a lot of money on the line in various matches here. I noticed that. Can't yeah. just be for titles. It's got to be for cash as well. Whatever. But after going to commentary for a while, they send it back to Tony Schiavone, standing by with J.J. Dillon and Tully Unibrow Blanchard. Jojo. Yes, Jojo Dillon and Unibrow Blanchard. 
So this was quite the change, by the way, from when WCW had a thousand announcers and interviewers on staff. And they were all on one effing show. I feel like AEW kind of does that now. Yeah, like you and I have reviewed some shows from like 92, 93, 94. And there's like two commentary teams, five interviewers, and then one dude who just will like Missy Hyatt will just wander in occasionally and be like, I'm here. Yeah, I feel like they're doing the exact same thing on AEW. I mean, they have their now seen on both nights, and then sometimes it's Alex Morvez, sometimes it's Renee Bar Brady. Yeah, Bar Brady. Uh, there's, I think there's another. I think Shivani occasionally does stuff. Um, there's another woman. I think, I think it was Dasha, but now she's the announcer on Saturday nights. Huh? Wait, well, like she's? Oh, is she like uh, doing interviews, or is she actually like commentating? She, she was doing. Re- she was doing interviews. Now she's doing the announcing of the. Oh, re announcing. Oh, okay, re-announcing. I gotcha. Huh. Is she any good at it? Oh, she's very talented. She's pretty good at the wow. announcing, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> good grief. Uh, uh, by the way, that's Samantha, Samantha Irvin, but she's great. Yeah, Samantha Irvin. I, I never liked her announcing until, like, recently she started to grow on me. Like, I don't know. Like, she there for the longest... Grow. Good Lord. Yeah, it's just... I don't know. There for a while, I was... I did not think she was very good. I thought she, like, her announcing was just, like, meh. But... She's grown on me through uh, through the years. I, I was so used to like Lillian Garcia and uh, you know like you might have I, been the only person on earth with that opinion. Yeah, I know it was not a popular opinion. I just did not. I mean, she sounded authoritative. It just I don't know. Like there were like gold standard announcers in my mind, and I just I don't know. I don't like change. Either way, ch changes. But uh, Dylan pretends like uh, he and Tully did nothing wrong. And he just keeps getting screwed over by the NWA. Tully says that Ricky's making Tully's ex- somebody else's fault. So. Yeah, uh, Tully says that Ricky's making excuses and putting the odds against him because Ricky knows that he can't beat Tully tonight. And up next, this is the one you said was you know a real match that this we need to prepare one, for. This is the one, right here. Yeah, exactly. It's Paul, who could possibly give a shit, Jones, along, <laughs> and he's got Elijah Akeem in his corner taking on. Yeah, we need him again. Oh, hell yeah. Take it on Jimmy uh, Boogie Woogie Man Valiant with Assassin number one in his corner. Again, we needed more of him. <laughs> Do you know who that is? That is Jody Hamilton. F yeah. Father of the greatest referee in the history of person. Damn right he's famous. But this is a tuxedo street fight where the looter, the loser must leave the town. Looter. <laughs> <laughs> the looter. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, the loser must leave town. Uh, goes this for... match gets even better than what yeah. you think it's going to be. Well, yeah, it's got the Boogie Woogie Man and Paul Jones, man. It goes about four and a half minutes. So Paul Jones gets tied to the top rope and stripped while getting beat on. Yes, I said those That's words. A real sentence. <laughs> <laughs> he finally breaks free, and they brawl around for a bit. By the way, i got to point out the Valiant's wearing a tuxedo t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like... Man, I like to picture Jesus wearing like a tuxedo t-shirt because it says, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party. <laughs> Good Lord. But the referee is about to count Jones out from submission, uh, but gets distracted by Akeem on the apron. The moron, Jimmy Valiant, tries to punch Akeem and hits the referee. J.J. Dillon runs in and knocks Valiant out with an international object. Which, I don't know. It looked like a can of soda or something. Like, could you I tell it was spray paint. Okay, maybe it was that. I mean, it was a can of something. I'm like, what is that? But either way, so that happens, and then he drags Paul Jones on top of him. 
The referee wakes up now and counts to three, declaring Jones the winner. <sighs> Uncle Dave says he's Why ashamed to admit. Why was there a pinball in this match? Well, because it was a, a tuxedo street fight. So it was like a street fight. They just wore tuxedos. Yeah, I completely missed the street fight part. I thought it was just a tuxedo match. Now, you know, you got to have a hat on a hat. Because, you oh, know, yeah. when, when I get into a... Because a tuxedo street fight means <laughs> it's a street fight, but it's fancy. Ironically, the hat on the hat thing is, like, I think Cornette was in a tuxedo match one time against Paul Heyman from Paulie Dangerously. Yep. If I may, sir, I will strip you down to your tidy whities Yeah, you won't. But Uncle Dave says that he's ashamed to admit he enjoyed the match a little. Uh, you're the only one. Uh, he gave it. Hey, you heard my review yet? Don't don't assume that. Hold on. Well, he gave it the deuce. I gave it Uno. What say you? I'm with both of you. I gave it one, but this match made me want to take a deuce. So <laughs> I don't know which way to go. Hell yeah! Good. This grief, was bad, man. man. This is a marquee show, right? Oh, good yep. God. Well, you know what's going to happen from this, right, Greg? Nothing. Uh, well, no. Uh, see. He's going to come back, uh, he being Jimmy Valiant, pronouns, pal. Pronouns, pal. Uh, Jimmy Valiant's going to come back under a mask, and he's going to be Charlie Brown from out of town. That's where this stems from? Yep. Okay. Yep, there you go. Hey, hey you know what? We're, we're educational here, all right? We're fun and educational. Exactly. Everybody just, uh, you know, y- y- you'll learn something today. Nothing good, but something. Yeah, well, we'll right. you'll learn not to ever watch Stark 84. <laughs> How even dare if for you. your dumbass podcast? <laughs> Just skip that episode. Record next week. Yeah. How how dare you? I can't believe you disrespected this show. Anyway, uh, by the way, why the hell was JJ Dillon involved in this? I don't know. You know what's funny? In my head, I only remember him ever as a horseman manager, and nothing else. And so he was the commissioner of WCW. Yeah. Right. That was uh, a little weird. Yeah. And, and like, why is he coming out to help another manager? I don't know. This is all weird, man. Let's just move past this match, please, because my head still hurts. You don't want to talk about Charlie Brown from out of town anymore? Come on, man. Oh, I want to talk about the next match, which was... He was luscious, Jimmy Valiant. We now go backstage again with Tony Schiavone standing by with Ric Flair. So Not in heel mode. No, surprisingly. But Flair talks about how much of an honor it is to be the world champion and says that he's the greatest wrestler in the world. Kind of hard to argue well, in 1984. Yeah, right. Oh, word for word. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not rehearsed, not folks. That. We don't rehearse this. I think it no. shows. Exactly. But he warns Dusty Rhodes that he better be half the man he claims to be if he's going to be taking on the number one stud. And then we uh, go to this. I say, well, oh, God. That's well, that the, diamond the diamond stud. stud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. God, you're just, you just F everything up, don't you? Oh, that's what I try to do. Oh, prom night flashback. Anyway. <laughs> But up next, it is Cowboy Ron Bass. How many, how many wrestlers throughout history have used that damn name? Cowboy this and Cowboy so that. So I was going to ask, do you think that maybe they just couldn't call him that? Maybe it's he goes outlaw Ron Bass? Uh, maybe, or maybe they just... I don't know when he switched to... Because I only remember him as outlaw Ron Bass, but here they called him Cowboy Ron Bass. That's odd. Threw me for a loop. Uh, maybe uh, maybe Bill Watts finally caught up with him. It was like, there's only one cowboy around here. But either way, yet yeah, again. Oklahoma guy, yeah. Exactly. Not the but Texas yet, boy. Yet again, we see he's with J.J. Dillon. Ojo. He's all over this effing show, man. And even when he's on the show, he's making run-ins. <laughs> exactly. 
oh crap, I'm not in the shit. He's like Jimmy Hart in the 90s, man. He's just, you see a red light, Jimmy's there. I believe we but, get to see him two more times after this, too. Spoiler. Yeah. Is it two more or one more? Uh, one more, I think. Okay. But Bass is defending the Mid-Atlantic heavyweight title. Yes, that's still a thing. Against but Dirty. But Dirty makes many world titles, right, right Jim? Yeah. The Mid-Atlantic <laughs> title, that was an actual, like, for Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, that was their belt. But now it's just like an undercard title. They've got 500 undercard well, what, titles what on the show. Terms for you people? It's like the Ring of Honor title now. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, it used to mean something, and now it's just someone's yeah. title. But, yeah. I was going to say, it sure as crap doesn't anymore, unfortunately, because Even Claudio's damn good. Again, it's an amazing wrestler, by the way. I always thought that he should have been WWE champion at one point. Like, when he was, like, really freaking hot, like, I thought it could have worked. But, you know, he's, su- he's such an effing man. <laughs> but either way, uh, he could have got a he could have got a push like, uh, like what Gunther's getting now, man. Like, he... It's not like Gunther's out there cutting great promos and crap like that. Like they're gonna done the same damn thing with Cesaro. No. Oh. In fact, I think Cesaro. If Cesaro was in WWE right now, I feel like he could. Uh, he could slide right in with Imperium. Perfect. Oh damn it, he's Swiss. Well, Eichner is Italian. <laughs> like whatever. Throw yeah, all the. Neither uh, was German, sir. <laughs> yeah, throw all the European contingent in there. But uh, he's defending that title against Dick Slater, who's not quite dirty just yet. He's actually a baby yeah, he, face he, here. He decided to shower before the match. Then. Exactly. He's a, he's a baby face here, which is freaking weird. But it goes about nine Nobody minutes. Nobody knows about the, um, well, allegedly. Allegedly! The, yeah. uh, the hat he wears, so. Who's that? It's like Who? a tone. Oh, no, that's Dick Murdoch. This is Dick Slater. I thought there was a thing about him, too. No, Slater. As far as I know, Slater was, uh, he might have gotten into, like, marital issues, but... As far as I know, as far as, like, anything else. Okay, so it's know. just uh, the other one and uh, the Harris boys. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. Right. Well, uh, Slater chases Dylan around the ring a bit to start this one. Later on, Slater shoves the referee out of the way and out of the ring. This brings J.J. Dillon in to hit Slater, but Slater starts beating him yes, up. Yes, before... J.J. Dillon again. <laughs> uh, he starts beating him up before going back to Ron Bass. The referee finally gets back in and disqualifies Dick Slater because, of course, Uncle Dave gave this three stars. I gave it a star and a half. I did not like this. What say you? I'm right in the middle. I gave it two. I thought it was okay. It was just so much stalling and running around and just, like, pointless BS. I'm like, what? why? But, well, after but the then ma- when they got into it, they started really slugging the hell out of each other. Yeah. Then after the match, Dick Slater is beating up both on J.J. Uh, Dillon and Cowboy Ron Bass before they take a powder. And the fans cheer Slater on. I never saw it in Slater. I never thought he was worth a damn, but whatever. But we now take a break to hear the Star Spangled Banner played on a trumpet while they put because, a spot. Because you always play in the middle of the show. <laughs> oh, of course. And you always, uh, wait, I, I just now realized it's right before the Russian match. <laughs> Well, they, they had to bring out Xavier Woods with his trombone to play this damn thing uh, while well, he put a that spotlight. That would have been a lot better, I think. <laughs> yeah. put a spotlight on the American flag up in the rafters. Yeah. Wow. But up next, it is Ivan and Nikita Koloff taking uh, on. Listen, listen to some of these names, folks. <laughs> yeah. It's Ivan and Nikita Koloff taking on Ole Anderson and Keith Larson with Don Kernodal. With Don Kernodal in their corner. Real name. Yes. <laughs> Former world tag team champion with uh, Sergeant Slaughter, by the way. 
the, when I heard the name, I thought they said Don Colonel, but then the Chiron came up. I'm like, Kernodal? What the hell? Yeah. I thought it said Don Colonel. I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see him by that. Kernodal? That's not I feel like the giant was from Kernodal. Right. Right. <laughs> I feel like he was always, like, there, always doing something. And just, he's not one of those people that it's like, oh, man, you remember Don Kernodal? Like, he was great, wasn't he? And again, he just looks like a dude. Like any dude from the barbecue. Yep. But by the way, stands I, out about him. it's about 15 and a half minutes. I love how they say that Keith Larson is, she is white, no tone. Good Lord. I love how they point out that Keith Larson is Don Cardotal's brother and they never explain why they have different last names. They just let that hang there. Do you know how many people I know with like different last names from relatives? No, it's very normal. Maybe they're from California. Yeah, like, I don't hear that very often. Especially, like, you think, like, early 80s to, like, s- look like southern white boys, whatever. I was going like, to say, they're, they're really white guys, but, like, normally this happens, like, with, like, Hispanic families and stuff. Like, they name a kid or their last name comes after, like, the eldest living grandfather. Something like that. Huh. Well, I should say the eldest living relative, which is usually a grandfather. Yeah, really, I a couple know, times. I don't know how, how naming works for hispanic families like i'm not like i'm being honest about that because i've heard like different people they're like oh my name is this because of this parent and that parent and i'm like okay <laughs> like i don't get it like white people have like the most basic naming of all time <laughs> joe smith yep but the uh the russians getting heat on ollie anderson was an interesting choice uh, outside the ring don cronodal gets bumped by f- uh, fighting ollie anderson and nikita koloff this distracts the referee so that ivan uh, Ivan Koloff can punch Keith Larson. How did but, the referee get distracted from this? It was like 20,000 feet away from him. Because the referees <laughs> on the show are all morons. <laughs> he like literally turned over, like walked a couple miles to go see what was going on way over there. <laughs> yep. I love that. What I, the hell are you doing? It wasn't like they started in the rain and spilled out and he was like watching them. You know, every trope ever in wrestling. Nope. Just went over there and started checking out the action. <laughs> Hey, what are you doing over there? That was popcorn, but whatever. Oh, man. Well, this allows Ivan Koloff to punch Keith Larson with a chain-wrapped fist for the win. Uh, I actually enjoyed this. I actually enjoyed the majority of this. Uncle Dave and I both gave this trace stars. What say you? I gave it two. I thought it was fun. Of course, it's an afterbirth. (laughs) Yep. It was uh, was something, man. Uh, Well... After the match, the Russians are going to hit a double-team move on Larson, but Don Cronodal gets in with that wooden crutch and beats the brakes off of both Koloffs, breaking that crutch. The Russians eventually take a powder as Anderson and Cronodal check on Larson. Oh, man. All right, let's get to this next garbage match. Yeah. Yeah, who gives a crap about that? I don't know. I want to talk more about them Russians, man. <laughs> uh, I wonder if uh, their buddy Donald Trump called him up before this, er, called uh, the other yeah. team up before this match. He'll knock that yeah, them Russian yeah, MFers out. I'm on TV. You gotta knock that Russian motherfucker out. Make exactly. him look bad in the news. Good lord. Greatest post-fight interviews in the history of fighting ever. <laughs> yep. People need to go look that up. What was the guy's name? It's Derek Lewis. Yeah, Derek Lewis. Just look up yeah. Derek Lewis post-fight. I, I forget. I forget the name of the guy he fought. But he was a big Russian dude. This obviously when Trump was still president and all the stuff with Russia going back and forth. Mm-hmm. He decided to put that in his post <laughs> That was hilarious. And that was, was that before or after he said his balls were hot? Uh, it was the same interview. Uh, it was right after. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, do I want to talk about the president in Russia before or after I get naked? 
Oh, man. Anyway, up next. Now, this is Match of the Night for sure. It is Tully Blanchard defending. Oh, what the hell the- you were watching? <laughs> He's defending the NWA World Television title against a Ricky Steamboat. It goes 13 minutes, 17 seconds. For once, J.J. Dillon is not out there. Well, <laughs> I actually was wondering. I'm like, why is J.J. Dillon not in this, like, not involved? I mean, not that I needed to see more of him, but it's just but like. If you cut the Chiron, it said on there, so. Did it? I believe it said with Tully Blanchard or with J.J. Dillon. No, I didn't. I didn't see it say that at all. I, j- I just saw Tully Blanchard versus Ricky Steamboat. And I'm imagining that, but yeah, and and JJ was JJ wasn't there, so I'm like, hey, he wasn't even there. So I don't know. I was just like, of all the matches, you could skip this one, but no, you had to make the run in for the Boogie Woogie Man. Well, run in being the uh, key phrase here. Yeah, right. But anyway, so getting the actual match here. Paul Steamboat and Blanchard each posted $10,000 to go to the winner. There is also... Yep. There is also a no-run rule in effect, which I guess means that if Blanchard gets himself counted out, he loses the title. Okie doke. That Uh, was a famous WCW-NWA Crockett thing. They did that many times. Ah, really? I believe later on, Steve Austin lost the title to Dustin Rhodes and he couldn't get disqualified or he lost. So suddenly they did a lot. Do you remember when they did that with Randy Orton? Like, if he got disqualified, he, he lost the world title to Christian? I, yeah, I do remember that. He lost the world title via kick to the balls. <laughs> yeah. Like, he kicks Christian in the nards and loses a title for it. Like, what the hell, man? <sighs> anyway. Uh, so, Tully Blanchard gets busted open. So, you know what, you know what he said to, to, was to uh, Ricky Steamboat? Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody! Steamboat actually hits Tully's own slingshot suplex on him for an ear fall. And yet, another instance of referees being dumb and blind. Steamboat goes for a sunset flip. Blanchard stays on his feet, pulls an international object out of his trunks, and punches Ricky in the the face with it. Or... In the face! In the face! (laughs) (laughs) Ah, And then pins him to win. Uncle Dave calls it one of the best matches of the year, outside of Japan, of course, and well, says, yeah. <laughs> and, "And Ricky's he, part Japanese, so it fits." Oh, exactly. Well, and he says that this saved the show. To which I say, <laughs> "To this point, to this point, you gotta give him that." Yeah, I, I mean, like it made the show better, but I don't know if you can say, "Oh man, this made the whole show worth it." Like, ah, my, did it? My though? only note at the end was like, "Finally, a good match." <laughs> Right. I enjoyed that tag match, but it, it wasn't like, oh, man, I this this was the first match of the night where I was like, OK, now that was a that was a damn good match. A damn good match. It also reminds you just how good Tully Blanchard really was. Yeah, right. Yeah, he was really freaking good, man. Uh, speaking of which, Uncle Dave gave this four and a quarter stars. I gave it three and a half. What say you? I, too, gave it four. Yeah, I mean, I didn't salivate over it. I, like I, I tried not to rate it more based on, oh, finally, we get a good match. Because I've, I've done that before, where it's like, I've seen so much crap, and then you finally see a good match, and I, like, overrate it because of that. I don't know. But, personally, this next match, this is the match of the night for me. I don't know about you. It's, uh, no, that last one definitely was for me. I don't know. This this next match is, like, it but might wait, be match. I'm looking at the main event. I forgot there's one other match. You dick. Yeah. <laughs> and this is match of the night. I know. So I'm like, what? <laughs> here we go. Match of the night right here, man. It is Wahoo McDaniel defending. You guys can't NWA. tell. He was being sarcastic as hell. How dare you? I'm never sarcastic. I say what I mean. But it is Wahoo McDaniel defending the NWA United States Heavyweight title. Okay, good so far. Against superstar Billy Graham. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, hold on. Where? Here we go. This should be. This should have been a Crockett WWE crossover dream match, right? Shoulda, coulda, woulda, but <laughs> it sucked. This goes four minutes and eighteen seconds. So it's obviously dubbed over here, but I'm pretty sure that Graham came out to kung fu fighting here. He did, yeah. And he's doing some karate man gimmick. Because when I think of karate, I think of superstar Billy Graham. And his best, best Ethan Page impression. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, I think of Jackie Chan, Jet Li, Bruce Lee, superstar Billy Graham. <laughs> Enter the superstar. <laughs> Crouching Tiger, hidden superstar. <laughs> Lord. I could do this all day. Anyway, in the end, Graham comes off the top. Or oh wait, uh, wait no. I, I'm sorry. I there's nobody coming off yeah, the top like, rope here. There's, no, that's a way better finish than that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Graham comes off the rope just like you know after an Irish whip to take a big back chop from Wahoo McDaniel, and Wahoo pins him to win. Did you see the way he sold that? Well, he just got shot. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah, the same Does kind that... Can you tell that, me Eddie can take one of those with Superstar Crumbles like that? I know that, like, Wahoo's whole gimmick was the karate chop, but, like, or, I mean, the uh, tomahawk chop, but, like, this is just, like, a regular knife-edge chop off the rope, and Superstar's like, oh, I'm dead. Like, F off, man. Uncle Dave gave this a half a star. I gave it a star. Let's say you. Give it a whole star. Suck! Good lord, man. They subjected us to this. This is for the U.S. Well, title, by the way. subjected us to this. This is for the United States title, by the way. Just want to point that out. And it was under five freaking minutes. Not that I wanted this and to go longer. And it ended with a chop. Yep. Uh, to which, by the way, Bob Cottle called it a Tommy Hawk chop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the kind of uh, chop that Tommy the sort of from the Dodgers the age used to do. Everyone knows that. Yeah, that. Good Lord. Uh, Wahoo McDaniel, the Native American from Oklahoma. Boomer <laughs> Sooner. Hell yeah. But we now go backstage with uh, Tony Schiavone standing by with uh, Duke Kiyomoka. Kiyomoka? Yeah. Whatever. Duke Kiyomoka. That guy. As everybody knows. Yeah, uh, one of the funniest names I've ever heard. Duke Kiyomoka. Uh, Smoking Joe Frazier and Kyle Petty. Yes, the NASCAR driver. Because nothing says Southern White like Kyle Petty. But they'll all be judges for tonight's match, and Frazier also doubles as the referee. They all talk about the importance of the main event match. For once, all three of these guys sound competent and normal. They're not stammering and repeating themselves and sound like complete morons. So I got to give them that. WCW would always get these NASCAR guys, and they'd be like, what do you think of tonight's match? Oh, well, I love wrestling, and, you know, it's like NASCAR, because, you know, wrestling and NASCAR and turning left and, you know, you know, uh, uh, well, you know, uh, you know, stuff. <laughs> and then, like... Yeah, we, yeah, we're a real sport, too. <laughs> <laughs> but Kyle Petty actually sounded, like, you know, competent, like he could form a, he could form a sentence. So, you know, good for Which him. Which means Dude. he's not an actual NASCAR driver. Oh, yeah, right. Well, that's why... That's why Jeff Gordon got so much hate because he spoke proper English for years, <laughs> and he uh, and he was right, properly understand you. Yeah. Hey, you don't sound like uh, you just got back from humping your sister. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! You said that. Yep. Uh, but anyway, uh, that takes us to our main event. So I guess we'll take our second to last break. On the other end of this, it's main event time, and we'll be wrapping up the show. 
follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on twitter at main event underscore marks and on instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector what's up everybody i am the hardest part of the ring the host of the apron bump podcast Ugh. Another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Now we're back. Now we're back. It's Ric Flair defending the NWA World Heavyweight Championship against Dusty Rhodes in the Million Dollar Challenge with a yep, special, no gu- <laughs> special guest referee, Joe Frazier. And this goes for 12 minutes, 12 seconds. Can we just like see his statue in Detroit? Uh, it was Joe Lewis. That's right. My name was Joe. How dare you? Uh, but during this time, they actually introduced Ric Flair as being from the state of Minnesota. Did you catch that? I did not. Yeah, I had to rewind it because I'm like, did I just hear what I think I heard? And I'm like, yep. I said from the state of Minnesota it is Ric Flair. I'm like, okay. I mean, he is. When he was in college, he went to the uh, University of Minnesota. So he was a golden gopher. But Dusty dominates most of this match. He eventually gets busted open pretty bad, getting thrown face first into the uh, into the ring post. So, you know, he looked up at Ric Flair and said to him, Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody! Except for Ric Flair. <laughs> exactly. But uh, Joe Frazier, I gotta say, he was a horrible referee. Like, <laughs> there was a pinfall, and he, like, forgot. He's like, oh, yeah. And he gets down and does, like, the <laughs> weirdest three count. Like... What the hell? But he he eventually ends the match, saying that Dusty can't continue with that cut over his eye. This wasn't as good as I'd hoped it would be, which is probably why oh. they run it. Which is probably why they run it back again next year. And that's uh, the only one you ever see footage of. Yep. Uh, Uncle Dave notes that Dusty quote either can't or won't move, and I'm not sure which. I'm not sure which. Good God. Uh, and Flair puts on his usual great performance, leaving the match somewhere in the middle. I like how he I just put come, it near the bottom, but whatever. Yeah, I like how he just said that Dusty Rhodes is immobile. Good God, he's not that bad. But he gave it three stars. I gave it two and a half for average. Let's say you. I gave it two. I was getting bored by this, dude. Dude, when I'm giving the main event World's Heavyweight Title match two and a half stars, and it's got Ric Flair in it, something right. I like this is such a BS finish too, man. I I, I don't get it. Like, how many BS finishes do we get on the same show? And it's their biggest show of the year on pay-per-view. This is what they want to showcase? All right. And you're wondering why Vince is already kicking your ass. Yeah, right. And they did this all the time. They never learned. Never effing learned. But Dusty gets angry about this decision and charges at Frazier and Flair. 
but a bunch of babyface wrestlers hit the ring to hold him back. Yeah, they were trying to stop him from getting his ass kicked. Like, really? You're going to go after Joe Frazier? Like, okay, Dusty, go go for it. I want to see this. You know there was some yokels in the crowd. I was like, I want to see Dusty whoop his ass. I bet he can do it. <laughs> but Ric Flair approaches Jim Crockett Jr. in the front row, as charismatic as ever. And uh, Jim hands Rick a- I'm already fired. <laughs> and Jim hands Rick a check for one million dollars, which Flair kisses before going to the back. The back. Uh, in the ring, Dusty's getting his head wrapped with a towel. Oh man. But backstage, Tony Schiavone standing by with Ric Flair. Flair just wraps up everything that happened and says that he'll be back next year. After going to commentary for a while, we go backstage again with Tony Schiavone standing by with Dusty Rhodes and Manny Fernandez. Dusty is screaming and yelling. Dusty and the job squad. <laughs> uh, apparently, he was like really good friends with Manny Fernandez. Like that's a hell of a team there, man. But Dusty's screaming and yelling, saying that this isn't boxing; it's wrestling with real men. <sighs> yeah, he says that he doesn't care I like about how right here. They get uh, Joe Frazier in a couple of months. Later, he's about to get Muhammad Ali. Does he? Yeah, he's at WrestleMania one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, man. But he says that he doesn't care about getting stitches in his head. And no matter where Joe Frazier goes, he better watch his back. And he warns Flair that he's coming for him. And then he shoves Tony Schiavone. This was a heel promo, but somehow Dusty's the baby face. Threatening the uh, celebrity uh, referee, too. That's not something yeah, he, too often. <laughs> he, he just insulted an entire sport. He is crying and, and bitching and moaning about losing a match. Uh, he... Like, yeah, he went after the the uh, special guest referee for no reason other than Literally the fact that he said he lost. Him. Yeah. And he told him to watch your back because wherever you go, I'm going to you know come after you from behind. And then he basically said the same thing to Ric Flair. And then he shoved the announcer who did f- all. Like, <laughs> like, how are you the baby face here? You're an asshole. I'd see this promo and think you're a dick. Oh, <laughs> But after a highlight package from the pay-per-view, we go to Tony Schiavone yet again, standing by with Joe Frazier. Yeah. Uh, We go to Tony Schiavone standing by with Joe Frazier. Frazier says that he thought Dusty was in serious trouble with that cut above his eye. He discussed it with the other judges, and he made an executive decision so that Dusty didn't risk further injury. So Uncle Dave calls this a very good show overall. Uh, no? Uh, And and somehow, by adding up all the people in Greensboro, plus the closed-circuit locations, comes up with a figure of about 42,000, and thus declares it the number two crowd in North American wrestling history. Uh, To which I say... Allegedly! Like, really? All right. Anyway. Dave gonna Dave. Yep. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for us. We're gonna hit our final break. On the other side, we're going to hit you with the final ratings and what's coming up next week on the podcast. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. 
Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also, check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. Yeah, we're back. Final ratings time here. Internet Movie Database gives this 5.7 out of 10. Cagematch.net gives it 4.17 out of 10. I thought that was pretty harsh. I gave it a 7, I don't know, D plus, C minus maybe. I, I had fun watching it. What say you? Mark me down for an F. Wow. I hate well, it. This was so bad. It wasn't great. I'll say that. Like, you, this is your big show of the year. And it's just screwed finish after screwed finish after screwed finish. Like, why would you think that's good in any way, shape, or form? I don't and understand Way too much J.J. Dillon, by the way. Yeah, J.J. was all over this effing show. There were two matches for money. <laughs> yeah. I, when that was the whole premise of the show was like that main event match for a million dollars. Like the only time you could compare anything to that is like at Money in the Bank where, but even then it's like you have the men's and the women's Money in the Bank. So that makes more sense. This is just like, oh, well, we'll put some money on the line for reasons we're not going to explain in the mid-card match. You got a money match. You got a money match. Everybody gets a money match. Yeah. Like you would never see this. Like if there was a, uh, like if if the the uh, main event of WrestleMania had some special stipulation to it, the match in the middle of the card would not also have that same stipulation. I don't know. Yeah, but they were competing, though, right? Oh, for yeah, for sure. Well, like everybody said, there was. I mean, 1985 is going to change everything. But like WWF was solidly in number one, and Jim Crockett Promotions was in number two. But it was like way distant number two. Like, not even within spitting distance. It's like, the only they were number two by default, because there was nothing else. So yeah, there was that. Well, that wraps it up, man. Uh, we have uh, just had our first show of November. We're uh, going to be cutting into the bird in a few weeks. Looking forward to that. But next week, we're going to hit you with our first Survivor Series of the month. Looking forward to that as well. I love Survivor Series. One of my favorite shows of the year. I love On this one. November 8th. It's WWF Survivor Series 1990. Going to have fun with that. There was a, there was a certain somebody who, who uh, may have debuted on the show, of course, talking about the gobbledygooker. And well, he would go on to make... Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, when I think Survivor Series 1990, one name sticks out above all others. And that's Gobbledy Effin' Gooker. Popped out of an egg. He was, he was over! He came out of an egg! Well, that should have that got rid of his theory right there, because you can hear the crowd just go, dead. 
they just don't get it, do they? Like, they just can't appreciate awesomeness. Come out of an egg, you fall flatter than a plate full of piss. Shitting all the... the egg. <laughs> hey, you don't have to come out of an egg, you have to come out of a box. <laughs> Comes oh, out of a box, he's... Yes, Comes out of a box, he's instantly over. Why would you have come out of an egg? It's spherical. That's yeah, just stupid. Still hold on to that whole thing to this day. You know, like, we were talking about something, he said casket. Because no, it's called box. You can't say casket. It was in it was like that. Like, he still keeps that line. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> I thought that was a great throwback. <sighs> so ridiculous. Well, that's why, that's why uh, Terry Funk ended up... You remember when he popped up as Chainsaw Charlie and he chainsawed his way out of that box? Yeah. That was Jim Cornette's idea. He's like, we could have him come out of a box. He'd be over. He'd come out of a box. You're instantly over. And they're like, okay. <laughs> so they have him chainsaw his way out of a box. Girl. <laughs> Good Lord. You're no longer over if you come out of a box. She comes out, she boops you in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging out with the pudding gang. <laughs> God, this effing stupid. Uh, we're driving off people here, but it's the end of the show. So whatever. We're slap happy. Anyway, oh, yeah. that, was, that was a uh, we're meat slap happy. That was the end of this show, everybody. We've got some good stuff coming up for the rest of the month. I'm I'm excited. We've got another wow. star. Got uh, one more Starcade coming up to close out the month. It's coming up. Uh, it's going to be Starcade 90 or excuse me, 86. That one, we get a an effing scaffold match on that one. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know if yeah. I. It's uh, it happened. It was a thing. I don't, I don't think this is the one. Was this the one where Corny blew his knee out, or was that a different one? I don't know. I know they had a couple of these catastrophes. Yeah, they brought Actually, it back. They, every, it back yet. they brought it back every damn year for a while. I like quit it. You have the Midnight Express, who's like your greatest wrestling tag team on the whole roster. You throw them on an effing scaffold. Why? <laughs> God dang. That's like because why not? That's like. Uh, you f- like having Kurt Angle out there and you make him tie his arms behind his back before he can wrestle. Like, freaking <laughs> dumb, man. <sighs> anyway, and, and you know, the Midnight Express, known for, like, they flew around the ring and they did cool moves or whatever. Ah, we're gonna put them on scaffolds where all they can do is punch and kick and try not to fall. <laughs> Morons. The dumber the more you think about it. Anyway, that does it for us today. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Oh, thanks for doing this to me. Oh, you're welcome. We'll see you all next week uh, where we bring you it's uh, WWF Survivor Series 1990.